0: What's going on, everybody? This is the Eat Sleep Elite Repeat Podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of really good wrestling this week. Like, I, I mean, I say that every fucking week, honestly, because AEW is awesome. But like, I'm not just being like an AEW dick writer here. We got the Continental Classic kicking right now. We got all kinds oh, yeah. of really great stuff going on. You know, I mean, I'll be an AEW dick writer without a license. Stokely halfway, <laughs> you know. I will I will be, don't get me wrong, you will hear me glaze up Ring of Honor in this episode. You know what I mean? But, you know, that's not like, that's not what we do here all the time. Like, we, 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 we are always honest, you know? We have shit on angles in the past, and we've been like, what the hell is Tony Khan thinking? And actually, we're never like that. I mean, I'm like that sometimes. We're usually not like that, though. But like, you know, either way, God. God the point is, there was a lot of really good stuff this week that I actually did like. Um, uh, one thing I did actually say to you, Charlie, before we started this week while we were just sitting like uh, shooting the shit before the show was, um, th- there wasn't anything like oh my god this week, but there was like there were some really good matches, and I think that's mostly like the thing that you can guarantee you're going to get from AEW every single week is that there's going to be some great matches. So even if you know, I would say the weakest weakest part of AEW's programming is probably the you know the backstage segments and the promos. I, there are some really great promos, but I think when you're having to have a show where you have like this, you know, we have one big match and then two or three promo segments or backstage and interviews in a row. Not all of them are gonna hit. You know what I mean? That's just the nature of that. If you're gonna if you're gonna throw spaghetti at the wall, not everything's gonna stick, right? So um, but yeah, I mean we got the final battle this week, obviously. It's literally like in a couple of days actually as we're recording this, um, which we only have like five matches announced for at the moment, but I'm sure that as always happens when we do these predictions these days, uh, you know, there'll probably be like fifteen matches added tomorrow um probably what we'll do if we want to is you could probably just um like if we have matches that we didn't predict for like you could just like shoot me a text and be like what do you think will happen in this and we'll just put out a tweet or something but um we might not even do that though because you all know that we we you know the vibe and a lot of these matches that get added they're probably gonna be pretty i mean i don't imagine there's gonna be a ton that it's like oh my god who's gonna win like no i think it'll be like pretty straightforward matches you know um because, I mean, Charlie, remind me, has there been, in, in, in the lead up to this, has there been, like, a lot of, I can't think of any, like, side feuds that we've really had on Ring of Honor that they can just, like. No, and and it's just been really
1: centralized feuds that, you know, were going into this, and with, honestly, with only five matches announced, I'm getting vibes of, like. 2019 kind of NXT takeover, and if they pull that. That'd be crazy if they do that, this right. That. It's think about it. All five matches
0: on yeah, this, make it the Athena
1: show. I'm down. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're they're all feuds that have been going on for a long time, except the survival of the fittest, and you know,
0: but that's because they decided to pivot on Joe as champion, yeah. which I understand because it was kind of going nowhere, you know, ultimately, and he just held like, the title this, for this a little. This is long gonna time. be. I think this show is gonna uh, surprise a lot of people. I agree, and so, uh, but, but if there is, well, you know, we'll we'll talk about that, but. I, I, you know, obviously we'll get our predictions and what we do know about currently, who knows, we could have a match added while we're sitting here. It's not the, it would not be the first time. Genuinely think there was a, was there not literally a, while we were doing a prediction show once, wasn't there a, 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 a pre-show match added or something like that once? Oh, like literally. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it happens. So you never know. um We got, obviously I mean mentioned the content of classic stuff that's going on. Kyle O'Reilly might be actually back sooner than we thought, which we'll talk about in the news section. That should be really interesting. And obviously, we've got our weekly results that we'll go through. But before we get into all that, actually, there are a couple of order business I want to take care of. The first being uh, whatever podcast platform you're happy to be listening to this on, be that Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcast platform you were introduced to this podcast by, wherever you got it recommended to you from, uh, you know, make sure you hit that follow-in or subscribe button. And actually, before I move on from this to our Twitters and stuff like that, one thing I want to mention is... Because I, you know, I, I actually never really think to say this on the show, but if you have fans, uh, so if you're fans of this show and you listen to it like weekly or even not weekly, but whenever you want to hear what we have to say, maybe around the pay per views, maybe you, you tune in for those or whatever. Um, and you have friends that also listen to wrestling podcasts, I recommend us. Like we, I, I think we actually have a really well produced show here that I think a lot of people would enjoy. Um, I don't know that everyone would necessarily agree with us, but if you think your friends would be interested, just just let them know that ESCs are here and we we do some uh, some cool stuff. Tell them we um, said, yeah. Hey, not A-W. a requirement, but, uh, you know, we, I've been seeing some stuff. We've been getting some really cool messages recently on the social media platforms, which I'll plug right now. You can follow us at eat sleep elite on Twitter. Um, and there was a couple of things that came through recently. Like people were recommending us based on this stuff. And I'm like, if that's the kind of word of mouth we're getting just randomly, like maybe, maybe we should try and encourage that. So if you like our show, let people know. And maybe we could do some cooler stuff in the future. like me get some guests or something like that. That'd be pretty cool. Um, like maybe, I don't know, like, Thunderosa, rosa nah she's got a podcast she hangs out on but you know what i'm saying like um anyway uh also you can follow us both on twitter as well as uh you know the Eat sleepily tag that i mentioned there you can follow me at Bane duke that's b-a-n-e-d-u-k-e and you can follow charlie at o charlie with an x instead of an a and uh that's that's most of the orders of business that we take care of at the top yeah. um and yeah so we'll move into favorites what do you have something you wanted to add there charlie no yeah that uh uh, good stuff. Now we now we jump into my favorite part of the show, the favorites. Indeed, which uh this week I'm uh, going first on and uh uh I I'm pretty simple. I there's a couple of things in wrestling that I'm fucking obsessed with at this point. One of them is uh proving to everyone that Brian Danielson is the greatest wrestler of all time, and I will never let up on that cuz it's the fucking truth. But the other thing that I'm super obsessed with uh as in regards to people's wrestling careers is Eddie Kingston versus Claudio Castagnoli, which charlie i remember a few months back when uh Eddie won those titles and i was saying to you i was like i think this is where it ends i think this is a good end point for this story i've i've i rescinded that statement this can go on as many times as they want to put on, on aw and i will watch it every time and i don't yes. think it's going to get old i think this is one of those things that i can't think of something from wwe right now like this um maybe like randy orton versus john cena they went back to like 11 times or something whatever you know the number is like this could be like that for AEW, except not be like stale by the end maybe because they're just too good and this is too much there's just too much invested by both guys in this story at this point that i think everybody just respects it you know what i mean people that know that it's happening you know um and i loved i i remember sitting thing when this match came on Charlie, and i was thinking um there's no way that eddie's letting him get to the ring without them just running at each other <laughs> and that is exactly what happened. You know what I mean? As soon oh, as yeah. he got into the ring, boom, it's fucking on. You know what I mean? So, um, and we also had like something that you know, you hear them talk about in wrestling sometimes and it sometimes works and sometimes it doesn't. They did this uh, idea that you kind of blow your finisher instantly, right? And it doesn't work. And it's like moments of shock, right? That makes everyone go, <gasps> and then like, you know, you have to build it back up after that. It's almost like a challenge, right? Um, And they actually did it. And I thought it worked really well because Eddie hits an urican, right? Claudio goes down, excuse me, and he gets a two count and uh Claudio's immediately back up. Uh, not long after that. I mean, he obviously he sells, he sells the move obviously, but you know, they get him back up and then he, then he locks him into neutralizer, hits the neutralizer, then gets a two count himself. And I'm just like, okay, so that's where we're starting from. Now the match is really on, you know what I mean? Okay. So, and. That's what I was talking about just at the start of this I think this might be like one of the best non-AEW because let's be real. This has mostly been a Ring of Honor rivalry for the last, you know, however long. So this is a non-AEW rivalry that made it into a major tournament that they ran. And it's also I think I think people in the AEW community respect this one because they've done they've done stuff with it with regard to the combat club in the past when Eddie got brought in, you know, for that one match. Uh, and was it up, uh, blood and guts, or whatever, right? Um, you know, like, so, like, yeah, I mean, just really good stuff going on here. Uh, the superplex that they hit looked absolutely fucking murderous. Um, and they just were hitting each other super hard. And something that I'll talk about actually when we get to the John Moxley versus roosh matches this is something I wrote down in that section. That I'll just say now is that this tournament, I think, so far has been defined by just hard hitting fucking matches. Like, I can't think of anything else that's been consistent across all these matches except for. Well, that and I guess there's a lot of pressure on younger people and people like Jay Lethal and Mark Briscoe that haven't really had the opportunities in their career to try and win this. But other than that theme, I think a heavy, heavy continuation between each match has been how our people have just been hitting each other and the lengths people will go to to try and become the first Triple Crown champion, you know, um, in AEW. So I I just think that's a really brilliant story to tell with this because, you know, it, tournament storytelling i feel like can be difficult sometimes there's a couple ways you can do it i feel like i feel like you can pick your winner and have them struggle and struggle and struggle and then start to come back and blah 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 but you could also have like somebody be really super dominant and all that and yeah. win every match and like you know i don't know like say brody king just never loses and wins or something right which i don't think it's gonna happen but let's say that's a, let's say, that's what, excuse me let's see what happened let's say that's what happens right you, okay that's a story So I think that the storytelling in this has been uh, really great. So just before I, you know, get into like the ending of the match here, Charlie, uh, just what did you think so far of of what you've seen both from these guys in the tournament as well as this match?
1: Yeah, I think, I think in the tournament, you know, uh, I feel like we, we, if I were to make tournament predictions, I would have thought both these guys kind of land in the middle of the pack. And that kind of feels the vibe of where they're at. Um. You know, Eddie. You know, not having a win going into this match, I felt like it was like, yeah, it's
0: probably time he wins, right? So, and it feels um, appropriate for it to be against Claudio too, who he's obviously struggled to beat up until he won the titles so and yeah. Put put into this. If he loses to him, then it feels like what?
1: And I'll say this: while we had, I think, two matches this week that focused on beating the living shit out of each other, this being one of them, I think this was the better. So, I again, oh, one hundred percent. I'm, a, I'm a little. There's a part of me that wishes they played up their rivalry throughout the night and, you know, we closed with this. But that's 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 something, you know, yeah, more on the production side, I guess, of everything, right? That I, I wish they would have let that crowd know, you know, this is how important this match is. But, yeah, I mean, our main event delivered in. And, and I guess in Fab, if they didn't put Danielson, you know, if they put Danielson up first instead of in the main event, it's like he's wrestling back to back matches in terms of the show order. So it's like, I yeah, guess no, that that
0: would be, they, you know, they, yeah, no, for uh, some well, continue
1: for some continuation, right? It's like, yeah, well, it probably makes sense that we open with this. I mean, these guys just have magic so. together, and maybe that comes from real life heat. You know, I, I, uh, I yeah, saw maybe this. Maybe there is something there. I saw this week, everyone, everyone was saying, you know, oh, this is what you got to do with punk. You got to, you got to put him against somebody he dislikes, like, like Seth Rollins. You got to put two guys out there that don't do, that don't like each other. i mean, was like, and, and, and instead of just saying it like that, people went on to say, oh, that's something they'd never do in AEW. they never put those what? guys that hate each other we, against we, each we, other.
0: We, well, so I mean, it's they like, they didn't do it with punk and Omega, but I mean. And then I'm thinking at eventually. the same
1: time, I'm like, look at this. These guys publicly, they have beef and it makes it work better. Like, I just find I find this is one of those avenues but, in AEW that you know, it. I I think it it works when it works, and it with these two it really works. And um, you know, yeah. we're not even ten minutes in before I'm talking about CM Punk, and I find that pretty ironic. I but
0: I mean, listen, it just
1: it came to my mind when we were talking. It's going to be irrelevant
0: for a while until he's like either booted out of that company or retires. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's that's like. It's like instead of just leaving well enough alone, it's like, oh, they got to always
1: bring it back and try and, you know, smash, Look, smash at the valuation we were looking at uh, for
0: AEW was real the, earlier, which I won't say here because I don't know how real it was, right? If that was real, Charlie, I guarantee that guy had a big part to do with it. So there's no way, there's absolutely no way yeah. that you can't talk about and, uh, him. And yeah, yeah go show. ahead and get into the finish because I think the finish Ability. is really good here. So yeah, we had our head drops, you know, it's, it's an Eddie match. You're going to get those in. Um. Yeah. One thing I wrote down in my notes is actually the hatred and the you can you know we're talking about it works with these guys you can just feel it the way they wrestle when they hit each other you can just tell that there's like you can feel that's the but that they they fucking hate each other you know what I mean the amount like, of times the
1: cameras caught those that that glimpse of Eddie just fucking staring at him after
0: he like you know after he yeah, hits something get a little, big on a little him too hard like, a little bit too much of a receipt you know what I mean like yeah. Whatever. Oh yeah, the 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 slap fight that they had, dude. That shit was that. That looked like I mean, I've never been in a slap fight, but I would imagine if you fucking were slapping the shit out of somebody, that's probably what it would look like, you know, like roughly, you know. Um, so the finish of this was uh, Eddie barely squeaking out the win here against Claudia, which I yeah, which against Claudia, which I think is appropriate. Um, I don't think Eddie should be definitively beating a guy who's been winning matches in this tournament. That would just that wouldn't track, you know what I mean? Especially because he's been losing, but he did need to get the win here, like you were saying. So, um. And I just want to go to get the exact things. I want to say it was like some kind of roll up, but I want to be absolutely certain about that. Um, boop, boop, boop. it might've been something a little bit, you might've hit like caught him with something and then hit him with the, another Urican, I'm not sure. All right. Um, that's the main event. I need to go to the beginning. Sorry about this, everybody. It just happens occasionally. Uh, you know, sometimes you're a little unprepared. No, I had the article, but I just didn't, uh, didn't look at the finish exactly and i you know what's i need to stop doing this charlie i do this thing where like i'll catch up on all the wrestling like i just need to start watching it closer to when we're going to actually record (laughs) because i'm always like a two days removed from it in my brains like you know i'm moved on to other things you know what i mean so um yeah no i think i had it right um okay yeah so he pops him with a back fist and then he rolled through a power bomb attempt and then Kingston rolled through that and that's yeah so it wasn't it was like a flash pin. I thought so my memory is usually good about this stuff I you know I don't trust myself so here we are um all right yeah so do you have any thoughts on that finish I mean I thought it was a good way to end the match you know it was kind of unexpected uh
1: it was one of those finishes that I think it made a lot of sense given how the match went and what I mean by that is he didn't just crack him over the head and win he had to he had to do a little bit extra and he had to get a little bit he had to get a little bit enough
0: right he had to keep exactly. going after him that's because he pops right back up after the you know, last one so it's like he they were refusing to die they did not want to be the one that lost to each other and and I'll
1: team. say this here because I think it fits with this match and it fits with the Moxley and Roosh match this is the oh, one I was referencing sure. earlier not every match is going to look pretty right sometimes wrestling can look like a fight that's why they're called and, brawlers sometimes yeah. right
0: that's and a I think this match.
1: This match and the Roosh Moxley one, it, they weren't pretty. You know, this was not you're going out there watching fucking Vic Kingo put on this beautiful show. No,
0: this this was now a it fight. Was technically and- a death match, but that's what what what's what, what what that kind of wrestling really is. It's you're brawling against, you're beating the piss out of each other, and then you're using weapons, right? So it's like, yeah. yeah so I don't know. we
1: yeah, need to throw so- the room
0: brawl back. That's what we need. The, boy, the
1: room, yeah. All right. It's we'll, it's all right, so what were
0: you feeling this week here, brother? So for me, we're jumping into
1: rampage. Okay, uh, I think they rampage, us. baby. R- last week's rampage was dog shit. It, it, we're, we'll be straight up, man. That why, why would anyone who is just a casual fan watch that show when they saw that card? Well, you're gonna watch this one. Uh, <laughs> I'll say that to say the least.
0: Uh, this was yeah. Throw, throw Brian on there. Yeah, I think this, this was a really good
1: rampage it. and. You know, going into the, sh- go, kind of our closing segment, one of our closing segments of the show last week, I was kind of, you know, I was talking to Daniel Garcia and the story they've been telling. And w- we didn't know at the time that his next match would be Brian Danielson. But uh, at the time I said, I think Daniel Garcia is going to beat him in this tournament. Um, I was proven wrong there. However, they continued this beautiful story that they're telling with Daniel. And I think by placing this match against Brian here, they took it to another level. So right off the bat, what I want to say is this commentary team of Ian with Matt and then kind of Tony Schiavone, Matt Menard, I should say, and Tony Schiavone kind of in this analyst role, right? This trio fucking works. Bro, when you said Matt had to clarify that it was
0: Matt Menard, I was just thinking Matt Matt Hardy would actually probably be really good on commentary too. Let's be honest. He would. He
1: would. But Matt Menard is is so
0: gifted. He was so great in that, like, however long it was, six months or whatever, that him and Paul White did commentary for uh – it, it for, was uh, probably AW, my favorite part of the Star show. Yeah, yeah, I was, loved that. I had my special commentary team that I got to like reference because they just they were like on there for a couple of weeks. And then they brought back the original team, which I forget who was on that show. But like and then they were like, no, fuck it. Just throw those two on there. And that they because they were a great team. And, I, and I, a few
1: few weeks ago, we referenced um, Matt Menard had quoted a tweet uh, of someone asking him to be on commentary again. He said, keep your eyes open. Something along those lines, right? I'm not verbatim, but... They, they have and, to know what they have
0: in this guy. And you know? and I
1: think they do. The fact that they just stuck him on this entire Rampage and not oh, just yeah, the Daniel Garcia the match. Mm-hmm. I, if I'm Matt, I'm making a pitch to him being like, dude, you, you pay me X amount to do Rampage commentary? Give it to... And for Ian
0: I think his partner is going to be locked up in a little story with his with his what are they married yeah. his girlfriend whatever the hell they are to each other like um you know for a little while and I think that's good for both of them and I think if Matt Menard's is going to be on commentary he could really do some stuff with that you know what I mean like, and and if
1: this was just an idea of you know, let's throw these three guys on the yeah, entire show right, and see the, what happens yeah, yeah. we know why Shivani did it because Shivani was calling Collision later that night they must have yeah, either filmed this before now, like, or yeah. whenever they filmed this. Well, you no, know, it wasn't collision taped. On no, the this screen? was filmed after Dynamite. You're right. Yeah, so. um, The taping order was out of fucking whack this week. But it was fine. all, yeah. But uh, anyways, I just wanted to it, I I want shout that out. I will out. say
0: this, shout outs to them. I did not notice that in the shows at all. It felt like a regular episodes all the way through and it didn't feel like it was, like, you know it what did. I mean? It like, did, it did.
1: But, so they've been telling this story. And if you guys weren't here last week or maybe you didn't, you know, maybe you didn't hear what I was saying. They've been telling the story of, in this tournament, Daniel Garcia has had a serious chance to win every match. Right? He locks in his dragon tamer. He gets cold he feet. He is the lag of this tournament. He he gets cold feet, and he tries to do something more. Last week, it was Cla- it was uh, Andrade with a power bomb. You're not going to power bomb fucking Andrade. So, and and they did it with Claudio as well. And Claudio just ended up fucking clocking him out. GGS. This week, we jump into this story. Daniel Garcia. Duke, he locks in the dragon tamer. He's finally getting revenge against Brian Danielson. You can't tap Brian Danielson, man. D- has Danny not learned? Have you not learned? He finally yeah, I mean, locks he did it in with
0: it, though. That's why it's called the dragon He did, tamer, so, he did. I mean, I know, but he didn't not, the second it's kind time. Of a good play, you know, it's and smart, and dude. he's
1: trying so hard. And Brian, of course, he gets the rope break out of it, right? So you know, and then. They're setting up. He's going to hit that. Instead of one extra move this time, dude, he hits his dance real quick. You're wasting time against the fucking goat. The goat. Literally. And he hits this musaiko knee that's just fucking otherworldly. There's a couple, uh, uh, specifically knees this week. Kenny hits one on fucking Ethan Page that, like, had my jaw drop the first. I was like, dude. I feel like Ethan has been dreaming about that spot. It just sold it like a billion bucks. And, ah, there's so much of this match that I love. I want to talk about that right away because where does Danny go from here, man? I mean, he, they played it up so well that this is his former idol. And, And Ian would clap back. He'd be like, how do you have a former idol? Well, he's moved on. He's a better man now. He doesn't need this this sack of shit to teach him. It's not his idol anymore. Jericho's his idol. Um, he brought up the trunks this match. Uh, we open up and... and th- There was a moment here when Matt Menard, brilliantly on commentary, calls out. He's like, why the hell is no one attacking Danielson from the left side? He can't see it coming. Halfway towards the match, Danny Garcia starts doing that. That's kind of how he takes his advantage. I'm just like, God, I love this shit.
0: <laughs> I'm like, it's the little things, you know? That's why I think Matt Menard is, like, a brilliant like brilliant pick for commentary. Because, like, it's not like he just sits there and, like, does the wrestler on commentary thing. A lot of people do that, and they do it well. Yeah, CM no. Punk might be yeah. the best at it, right? But, and I do think CM Punk could do commentary as well, by the way. Let me be clear. I, I pitched that on the show many a time. But... Oh, he's um, incredible at it. Yeah. But, obviously, he didn't want to do that, or he would have done it. You know what I mean? He probably had carte blanche to do that if he wanted to, right? So but matt menard clearly wants to and he's clearly studied commentary and he knows what it's what you're supposed to do to put people over that is how you set up somebody for something later in the match because it puts it in the back of your mind and then he starts doing it and you go exactly like you did you go ah and it, you don't think about it later you, it, but obviously we take notes on stuff so it's like it's good studies it's brilliant when we connect like, this is what, actually one thing i love and this is a great exercise maybe that people can engage in themselves like just write some of the things down to happen during a wrestling match and just kind of think about them while the match is going on. It doesn't always work, but like there's so many times when I'm sitting here doing the same thing you were doing where I took something down to my nose. Cause I was like, Oh, that was really cool. You know? And then, yeah. Well, it, like, that made a lot of directly. sense. Like, you know, like yep.
1: it's it's good storytelling right there. And, um, you know, there, I mean, there was moments in this match where, where Dana Garcia would be too weak and he dodged a knee and it just, uh, when, when he went for that dance and that one extra move this time, Cause he hit the pile driver on Danielson. He can hit it on Danielson. It wasn't Andrade. He hit the pile driver. Danielson kicked out. And I wonder if we're going to see something play up now where, you know, to me, it felt like his his perfect moment would be, he finally trusts himself against Danielson, but maybe it's going to be something along the lines of, you know, maybe it's Brody King that he finally trusts himself against. Right. So, you know, we have options and, uh, I'm very curious to see where it goes. And, um, danielson ended up locking in the labelle lock garcia you know he got to the ropes danielson clocked those forearms hit the labelle lock and garcia passed out i mean he took him to the, his final breath essentially
0: right and um something i want to say i think that whoever he beats well, it doesn't have to necessarily be the only person he beats he can be more than one person
1: whatever his anyone. final
0: matches in this it needs he needs to cost somebody from maybe i don't know who it would be he needs he to be needs- the upset maker brody yes. king it could be Brody could be undefeated or something like that, and there's somebody else that's undefeated in the blue league, maybe or has enough points. You know what I mean? And I just it comes down yeah. to whether Daniel beats them or not, and that and then he does. I, I I want him to have a moment like that because of how much he's been putting other like let's be real. He made his comments at the beginning of the tournament. Obviously, that was great by him because it set up the story. But like also like he's been putting people over so much. People look amazing wrestling him right now. You know, like he he is
1: truly. And I, we don't need to glaze him up every week, but it's just it's the way well, with nah, this no, cl- Continental Classic where we're in a position where it's like this is what we've been wanting to see, man. I mean, he was on the sidelines for like the last six months. It felt like the fallout of the Jericho fucking literally Express just in the background
0: just, of Jericho promos for like six months. Like the crazy.
1: fallout of the Jericho shit fucking hurt him, and it hurt Menard. And it hurt Angelo Parker. It hurt it hurt a yeah, lot of people. Yeah, but I'll be
0: honest with you, not as much as it would have hurt him if they kept that shit together when nobody was into it. No, and you know?
1: I think I, I have a feeling he's like best friends in real life with these guys and Oh, I'm you know, sure they
0: all are still chums. It's just it was time for Jericho to go do his own thing. yeah he's more valuable to the company when he can do a lot more, you know. That was my argument at the time, you know, when we we were talking about that, which up and so, you know. Just gotta part ways.
1: One last thing before I uh toss this to you, I wanted to say they cut they've been using social media this year or uh, this tournament. They've been using social media for social media only promos, right? They had a fucking classic one with Jay White like two weeks ago that felt like it was straight out of Japan. He was just fucking screaming. And they had one. They've been doing them with Daniel or with uh, Brian Danielson, I should say. A lot of Daniels here. Uh, He cut his promo. There, there was one um, after the Andrade match that was fucking nuts. There was one before this match. And it was along the lines of if you would have joined the combat club, I would love you like a son. But you're not, so I'm going to essentially exterminate you. Like that was it was along those lines. And yeah, Terminator Brian was out. It was like I wanted to I would have loved you like a son, and I would have trained you to be the best. Now I'm going to end you. You're done. I, I I was like, God, wrestling's so fucking beautiful sometimes. Um What what did you think of this story and just where where we are at i mean daniel's oh three man garcia's oh three our boy but yet yeah he's oh three but yet i feel like his stock's nearly as high as it ever was i mean his stock was clearly the highest when he beat um danielson on the house of the dragon show yeah which god i, I <laughs> hope they do that for season two we need another time. house of the dragon show yeah. yes we
0: to get a house of the dragon show for sure yeah um, you uh but, what'd you think yeah, absolutely um Uh, Something I said to you, I think, in text when I started watching this match this week was the amount of times that they've had this match in AEW since Brian has gotten here. Because Brian hasn't had a ton. I mean, he's had a lot of matches, right? He probably wrestled a lot of matches, but not every match he's had has been like a fucking dream match. You know what I mean? This was one of the ones for both of us as soon as he got there. I remember us both being so excited to see what happened. Because I didn't know much about Daniel Garcia before I started watching AEW, but then I started to learn a lot about him. And I was like, oh, he's just Brian Danielson, but like 20 years younger or something, you know, like. Um, maybe not 20, but you know what I'm saying, like 10 years younger or something, right? Like, um, and you know, obviously, there's Zack Sabre Jr., but like, this is the next guy in that category, you know what I mean? Um, so he just has so much respect for this kid, clearly, because he's wrestled him a ton of times and he hasn't wrestled a ton of people, like a bunch of times. He wrestles people a couple of times, usually, you know, depending on whether he's feuding with them or not. But Brian has been very selective about who he's had his storylines with, you know what I mean? And they've been some of the best for that reason. So, The fact that this kid gets this much respect from a guy like Brian says like immense amount. Says it all.
1: Says it all. Yes.
0: Um, And I, by the way, they've had some really great matches between the two of them. This, I think, is the best one that they've had um, between the two of them. And I, I was really hoping that it would be because we've seen some good matches out of them. Don't get me wrong. The House of the Dragon show might have been the best so far because of
1: yeah. Two out of three falls. I don't know. That one is that was pretty legendary. It was. it was. I'll give it, I'll give it to you, though. I'll give it to
0: you. It was, but I feel like for what the. But let's be real, because of the, all the stuff with Jericho that happened, like it kind of like reset him almost. You know what I mean? Like, so that was awesome, and it's gonna be a legacy moment for him. He's but like a born again. Is, yeah, I think this is when he becomes the Daniel Garcia he was always meant to be. Is off of this story, so I think this will be more important of the matches that he had with Brian overall. But I could be wrong. I've been known to be wrong about wrestling. It's something I do often anyway. um, But I'm also right a lot. And when I'm right, it's fucking crazy. Because when Daniel Garcia is 0-4 and and he, he wins against Brody King, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I said that last week. It's all I'm saying. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't say it was
0: Brody King, but it was somebody else. You know. We, we thought it'd be Danielson, but we didn't know this match was on. This yeah, week. we didn't know what the schedule was. We didn't have the matches yet. So, but you know, they also—I remember saying to also a couple weeks ago—they're gonna have to have prime wrestle like three matches in a week to make up for the fact that he wasn't there for the first week, and they just said, "Fuck it, we're doing it now." Right, fair enough. Um he also spit on Garcia afterward? Um. So, I mean, that is just more just being like, nah, you're fucking done, kid. You know, like, that's just good stuff. I really enjoy the way the story is going. I'm really excited to see what they do with Daniel next, and yeah, I guess I guess that takes us to the end of, of this segment. That's, you know, I, I I said a lot of what I had to say while you were talking. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah.
1: uh We need to get, like, a fucking Cobra Kai-type segment. Just, like, a super emotional thing where you know, in, like, three weeks, Diego Garcia's he's at the end of his road. He's just so upset. And there's a scene where he Knocks on Danielson's locker room. Danielson sees him and just lets him in. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, we get, like, some fucking super emotional moment.
0: Oh, 100%.
1: Like uh, like the BTE thing when Kenny showed up with Coda finally a few years back in Japan. You know, Cody Rhodes forced him to bring off the big guns and, and he brought in Coda. And, and, you know, the Young Bucks open the door and he, the, both of them walk in. They just close the door. You know, it's like some super emotional moment, I think. It would really do well. I, I gotta tell you, I think it'd be fucking huge. It's like, you know, he just gets that lonely dish. Come on in, son. I've said a lot about you in the past, but it's time. Enter. Um, um, that would be fun. Okay, we'll so do. we got some news here, right? Oh, yeah. Some of the little news. At, at the end of the news, we'll do our final battle predictions, of course. Um, Jack of course. Perry's starting to file some trademarks left and right. Crying River. Boy. Jurassic Express, a boy and his dinosaur. He's, he's trademarking everything. La- uh, everything Jack he's Perry. Ever to the end, he's
0: confirmed.
1: He, he knows what he's got to do. Um, he's uh, his uh, Perry Boys Myth Legend Inc. is his uh, his uh, company. All right, that is You gotta get a new company name. Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, he's filed a shitload of them, and uh, maybe it's just. Uh, who knows what
0: it's for, right? But it's, it's smart. Good old jungle to, uh, piss. It's smart to, you know, lock up your shit. Isn't that it is funny? I smart. used to be a Jungle Boy fan. I fucking cannot stand the guy now. Because you know what? He treat. you know what? He, motherfucker couldn't keep his mouth shut. I'll just say. Nah, Jungle the- Boy goaded. Jungle nah, Boy goaded. Nah, You're, nah. He's gonna be smoking
1: that punk pack as the fucking devil. Oh, I know. I'm will, fucking man. ready. I, I, you know, what? and when when he does that, real. I mean, be, but,
0: but for now, if he just just a little, if he's just a little bitch and he's fucking about to leave the company, which is what I think, then bitching on, the on Twitter. Yeah, no. Nah, if he's a little bitch, he's a little bitch. But
1: um, oh, uh, what else do we have for uh, Tony Khan did his media call for Ring of Honor final battle, and he was you know. Talking about how excited he was to get
0: on that media call. (laughs) (laughs) Who do I I have? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I know, right? Uh, Tony Khan. (laughs) uh, That's the one. No, but he was his main thing was he was excited about Athena and Billy, and they've brought it up a few times today, and I think you guys are going to see some headlines running with this. I I mean, I already fucking have, I guess, but um, you know, it's. They they kept asking him about making a change with the ROH tag team titles, and it's something he has to consider about vacating. Or They kept asking him, are you going to vacate the titles? And his response that he said more than twice. Why did I say that so weird? He said it at least three times. It's something to consider. That was the main line. What does that mean? God only fucking knows. Can can I be honest
0: with you? If he's thinking that, he should have done it before this pay-per-view. He should have done it before this show. Do not vacate these titles now, please.
1: Please, I, I, I. Can't. At this
0: point, just wait until it's back. You gotta, because no one's gonna give a shit anyway. Ring of Honor is in the. Let's, I'm gonna be honest with everyone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna glaze Ring of Honor later because it was a great show. But like, I, it's in the dumps right now in terms of popularity. Nobody cares. So like, it doesn't matter. No one's gonna be watching. No, we
1: have these fucking awesome storylines going on, and yet I don't see anyone talking about them.
0: That's uh so. <laughs> it, it's unfortunate, but it's the truth. As much as I love Ring of Honor right now because it's my thing, like it's. There's not a lot of people that feel the same way as me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah.
1: so they're not giving us any indication on what's going on. And um, that's kind of your main headline that
0: people are going to run with from that. Not not to stay on this, but I see people saying that they need to just get rid of Ring of Honor. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is this guy's got more money than all of us combined. He can do whatever the hell he wants. I'm not saying he should be able to do that, but he can. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So um there's a recently uh, aired
1: vignette. On CMLL, that has implied Andrade is headed back there. He is go. He's for- he's tagged as Andrade, formerly La Sombra, and that's kind of uh, you know just the way they're running with it. Um, now there's some theories going around, and we're going to talk a little bit of contracts here now. Where um, Dave Meltzer believes Andrade wants to return to CMLL now because he might not be able to do so later if he ends up signing with WWE. Which brings us on to the next point. They're talking about when Andrade's contract ends. Andrade is one of those guys, you know, I I feel like everyone and their cousin kind of thinks he's going back to WWE as soon as his contract's over. We're not, uh, I'm not going to even, I'm not going to dispute that. I, I, if it happens, it happens. It kind of makes sense. He's he one, of, one guys of the ones we brought boom, up
0: when we brought this topic up in the past. I think as a possibility, I think when Cody left, we thought maybe, I think we brought up some people we thought maybe we would go back and I think he was probably one of them because at the time, I don't think he was doing anything with the company.
1: So, I mean, he was out front with a torn pec for nine months. And during that time, I mean, even we would cover it. A lot of people week to week would be like, oh, where the fuck's Andrade? Cause they don't realize he's hurt. And, yeah, so his contract is believed to be up fairly quickly. He signed in June of 2021. So is it going to be up in the summer? I don't know, but that brings us up to our next big contract that everyone's been talking about this week, which is Seth Rollins. His contract is up in June of 2024. Is this a scenario where no, nah. he sees it to where it's finally his time to wrestle with the Young Bucks, some of his best friends? I mean, they have sections in each other's book about each other.
0: Nah, next contract you know, maybe.
1: But uh him and Becky Lynch's contract are up in the same month, so there's been a lot of speculation online because everyone loves talking about contracts. 2024 is going to be the year.
0: Yeah, Becky Lynch is going to sign with the company that won't book her at all. That
1: there's going to be a year, and I think it might be 2024, where a lot of AEW goes to WWE, and a lot of WWE comes to AEW. Now, is it going to be possible if they do more than they did in 2021? Probably not. But I could see a few people coming in, including you know the Ziggler's, the, the Mustafa. Just Ali's. made
0: cuts, so I yeah. think it's possible. I mean, it, I think it's a good chance that some of those people. Mustafa like, it would be one that would surprise me if he didn't at least make a run of some kind, you know, like uh, in AEW. Like, yeah. but I do think I think if there's other contracts up, I'm not sure how many AEW contracts come up next year. I'm sure, I'm sure a certain amount, you know. All
1: um, of those beginning ones that they signed that were for five years are up.
0: Okay, so, so there will actually be a lot of people. They'll probably and, re-sign a lot of people silently, but the ones that they don't, I could see. I could see. I don't think it will be a max ex- bleh, max Exodus because if that happens, and there'll be a max Exodus for WWE in about six months. You know what I mean? Like we've oh, seen yeah, what happens I, when WWE signs up a bunch of talent. In the I got of a feeling
1: year. the wrestling landscape, like probably around September, is going to look a lot different than it does right now. Oh, uh, I this mean, if you
0: your TNA roster will look completely different. You bet. Which you know, I didn't have that in the NBA news, but sides.
1: TNA just signed uh, Trent Seven. And
0: good for it was him long rumored to be on AEW's radar. And they just never made a deal happen. They brought him in yep. like what, two or three times to do matches. And they were Dude, always great was, appearances. Yeah, he was a
1: focal point in that best friends and like uh pork chop feud. So
0: yeah. Um,
1: and our last little bit of news here before we do the predictions, some Kyle O'Reilly news. He's been out of action since June of 2022. Holy shit.
0: Yeah, we've had an, dude, he know? was on a fucking crazy run that summer too because punk had been out and then Kyle O'Reilly was like the savior of the fucking universe, man.
1: And Kyle O'Reilly He underwent neck fusion surgery and he had to fix some nerves that had gotten
0: themselves compressed somehow was his quote. Oh wait. He went through neck surgery? Hold on. And his friend Roderick Strong is doing a neck gimmick right re- that, that that cannot be a fucking coincidence, dude.
1: And yeah, he's been uh He's been really teasing up his in ring return. Um, he's been showing himself training. I mean, we're talking about someone that lost strength in the right arm, and you know, like like he had some serious fucking problems. And it's been something we we talk about every other couple months. Is you know we give a little updates on him. And he wrote in October, uh, the wrestling ring has felt like an oasis in the desert for me these last twelve months. The good news is I can and and something he's he's talked about now is. The good news is I can see the oasis now. It's definitely not a mirage. Fightful had reported on Wednesday that O'Reilly had been at backstage at AEW shows as of late.
0: And oh well, pfft. I mean he could still be hurt, but that's 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 a, that's a good sign. You always like then, hearing, yeah. you Feels always like, like hearing that the they're there. Then. Yep. And one
1: of the things that they've highlighted is there's an AEW Canadian tour, and it's from March pretty much to April. I mean, we're talking a collision dynamite and rampage dynamite and rampage collision dynamite and rampage all within a month of each other. And that doesn't include the summer when they're going to like uh, Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary, they're on the West coast side of it, more or less. And, um, yeah, a lot of people are getting their hopes up now that we might be seeing his return. And Kyle, a
0: world then question mark.
1: Some people even speculated. Is he one of the mass men? Because there were some mannerisms this week on one of them, and I was like, "I'm like, we're always trying to look so into this shit. It's fucking awesome." But yeah, um, let's jump into final battle here. And as always, guys, if they add more shit, we uh, we'll, we'll post a little tweet. I, I don't know how much they're
0: gonna add though, because I'm hoping it's just these five. Probably a pre-show match or something. Or if yeah, if, if, if they want, six would feel like if they added one more match, I wouldn't be mad. Like I, I, I can get down with it. Um. Okay,
1: let's open us up with what I'm assuming is going to be the opening match: uh, Survival of the Fittest Finals for the vacant ROH World Television Championship. We have Dalton Castle, Commander, Kyle Fletcher, Lee Johnson, Lee Moriarty, and to be determined. TBD. I presume, no, I'm
0: just kidding. <laughs>
1: for who could be the TBD? undefeated vacant spot on the list? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I'm gonna guess it, it might be someone like Dante Martin. I could see uh, him yeah. sliding mm-hmm. into this role, maybe, maybe Action Andretti, someone who's. Been, but then again, those guys have been on Ring of Honor TV. Dante hasn't,
0: but you know no, what? Andretti was I, definitely I on be... Ring of Honor for a little bit. There, he was. He's got he's got enough matches that. But they would have to put him on a match this week, obviously, to qualify. Yeah.
1: See, so, so you know what? What if it's? uh... I don't know. I don't.
0: Know. I, mean, I, we I, could, I mean, we, I have we could look and see who it is. I'm sure. You know what I mean? No, like, it's not even out yet. Oh, it's not. I was oh. just looking. Yeah. No, oh. so this, this is as okay up-to-date
1: as it is. So okay. if, if they on. add stuff, it's going to be on tomorrow's episode that is, like, not shot in front of cl- okay. uh, wherever they shot it.
0: Um, I, I've been pitching this for a while. you got to make your TV champion the guy that needs to be on TV every week, and that's Dalton Castle. That's, that's just what yeah. you've got to do. Um, it's, uh- I am
1: 100% with you. I'm Dalton Castle all the way here.
0: Now, um, now, my mind could change, depending on who the last person is, because if it isn't Andretti, I could really see the, I could see them making Andretti, like the TV show, especially if he's going to be on TV with Dante in them, and he's going to be the single, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which it seems like maybe the way they're going, um, you know. Although I'd love to see Dante be a singles wrestler. Oh, anyway, anyway. But yeah, like, yeah, I, I definitely think that's If they're powerful. going
1: with this Lucha style, though, man, if, if you put this title on Commander, I'm, I'm, I could see it.
0: You know what? That would be. Uh, I could totally if you put Andretti it. in that match. Maybe he like pins Andretti as the last person. And, but yeah. I think
1: we so desperately need champions in Ring of Honor right now that are there. Uh, yes, we need Dalton Castle. So, you know for for the for the fucking sake of starting twenty four twenty twenty four off on the right foot in Ring of Honor, let's get Dalton Castle. I think he goal. could get eyes on Ring of Honor.
0: I genuinely do. Maybe Dude, I'm
1: not. Yeah, I think he could too. And I mean, I told you before. Like like my sister, she she doesn't watch Ring of Honor much, but when she Saw who Dalton Castle was, she seeks out his stuff, like that's the perfect example, and she's definitely not alone. uh we have a singles match, another fucking awesome feud, uh Keith Lee and Shane Taylor, Whew. wow, the fucking
0: uh one of the the sit down segment that they had I believe it was this oh, week, yeah. right, They had Nigel Dennnis sitting in, which I think you said they should do like a few weeks ago, which I think is pretty we were at the room.
1: top of our world
0: and you left when when the going got good. Shane Taylor is personally bitter against Keith Lee for leaving. It's kind of the same thing that Eddie and Claudio have, right? Like they yeah. had issues and he left, you know what I mean? So, yeah. We were we were a fucking world-class tag team and you fucking left me.
1: Shane Taylor has to win this match. Oh yeah. I got yeah. Shane Taylor. If that, Shane
0: Taylor doesn't win this match, it's like what the hell? Like I uh, this match is going to be Fucking awesome. I think like, if you want Shane Taylor to be a main star in Ring of Honor, you have to have him win this match. The way they've been booking him and Moriarty and this whole thing, I think there's a legit scenario where, where Shane Taylor wins this match right after Lee Moriarty becomes the champion. You know what I mean? That's a real thing that could happen, you know? Yeah. I mean, it would be crazy. I don't think they'll do that. But if they wanted to go Shane Taylor, it, it, it could do it, you know? Shit. <laughs>
1: Um, and then our next match is kind of a program that's, you know, it was lingering in the background for a couple months, but now it's been really, really cooking up. Oh yeah, and it's an I Quit match that they even had fucking Tony Khan there. Uh, Ethan Page versus Tony Tony Nice in an
0: I Quit match.
1: Who do you have?
0: Um, I got Ethan H here, obviously. I mean, <laughs> uh, this has been the thing that has been super key to this has been that Tony Neese has just been getting away with it the whole time, you know, like he's just been no consequences for his actions really, except for the one time they actually had faced each other where he got the shit kicked down a little bit. Still ultimately won though, I believe. Um, and so like, you know, I, I think, um, Ethan Page just lost a big match. Spoilers from when we're going to get into the review. Um, so he's going to need something anyway. I don't think he lost anything by losing to Kenny, but I think I think he just is going to need, I don't think you have him lose like on the pay-per-view right after he loses that big match in Canada. That would feel I don't know, almost like a burial kind of, you know what I mean? So if Tony needs somehow wins this match, okay. ugh, you know what I mean? Congrats to Tony for getting booked on the pay-per-view, too. Though. Oh, 100%. Uh, he's been on so much These Ring guys, Hunter, These bro. guys he's, deserve this. He has yeah. been a stalwart on Ring of Honor. I may not have always liked everything he's been doing, but you know what? He's been putting in the work. Is, when I when I mention NXT TakeOver vibes,
1: it's because of these last couple programs. I mean, these are just non-title matches that have gotten some serious good feuds. They've been booked well. They've been booked consistently for a long time. Like I said, this started four months ago between these two. Um I got Ethan. I uh I think him going to Ring of Honor to kind of in a way repackage his character and just still keep him with the reps it's it's really worth You say the same for Tony. I got Ethan Page here. I'm I'm 100% with you. Um yeah, this is going to be fun. I I I have really really high
0: expectations for this match. I hope it delivers. I'm kind of interested where it goes in the card cuz you know it's it's gonna blow the crowd out a lot, I guarantee. Because obviously, Tony's I think very they're gonna funny. go in the
1: order that we're talking in.
0: Because yeah. next is is the Jay Briscoe Memorial Fight without Honor. You know what? That you know
1: what? Where we have That's FTR true. and Mark Briscoe versus the Blackpool Combat Club, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, and Claudio Castagnoli. That's a juggernaut of Hall of Fame wrestlers right there. Um, like, like literally, yeah. Fight without honor, Jay Briscoe Memorial. I'm going FTR and Mark all the fucking way, oh, yeah. I think, just. I if they a lose this match, fight,
0: it is going to cause like a shitstorm online. You know what I mean? Like, because I mean, yeah, I, I just
1: uh. combat club are going to be heels here. They're oh, going to be fucking healing it up, 100%. and it's going to be awesome.
0: Oh yeah, um, I'm really excited to see um, them because Mark hasn't been in a big spot since he got hurt. Because remember, they were they were queuing him up to be fucking Ring of Honor World Champion at one point. You know what I mean? Like, um. Then he just got, you know, I didn't you know what I mean? Like, so, if they want to start him back on that path, this is the way that you do that. But obviously, there's not going to be a, a world title anywhere, it'll be the Triple Crown. But whatever, he's in the tournament anyway, so there's an argument that he could be in that fucking title picture anyway. So, meh.
1: Main event, Athena versus Billy Starks. Singles match for the ROH Women's World Championship. I gotta know. Are they gonna do it? Yes, are they
0: doing it? Yes, they are doing it, and Athena is going to become the biggest star on AEW television. Um, and that's not Cap. MJF is going to be like right there, and she's going to be right with him because I believe that they actually do understand what they have in Athena. Because I've been saying it for months, she's yes. the best women's wrestler in AEW and Ring of Honor right now. Tony Storm's doing great stuff, and she has been having really great matches since like the middle of last year. And Jamie Hayter was on a hell of a run, but got cut off by injury same with thunder rosa hell of a run cut off by injury you know what i mean so yeah. i believe that because of how consistent athena has been and the style that she has worked has been safe enough that she has she is what the aw women's division needs to get the blood flowing back through it again do i think tony khan will still book that i don't know but i'm hoping that he's like giga braining all of us and that it's actually going to all be solved going into next year and i do think that Billy has done enough to prove that she can carry this division herself. I think she has already done that by proving that she can have the kinds of matches that Ring of Honor's women's division has been defined by since Athena has been champion. And honestly, since Mercedes was, excuse me, was champion, you know what I mean? Um, because you go back to her match with Willow and that's really what kicked off this women's division being as good as it has been. Uh, was it final battle or was it uh, uh, Death Before Dishonor in uh, 2022 or 2021 where uh, one Willow had that yeah. insane match? Like, you know what I mean? Like whichever one it was, um, the point is this women's division has been good for a while and just nobody knows about it. And I think the way that you can maybe expose people to that is you take that champion, you have them lose, and then you have them go on a tear through the AEW women's division. Uh, and you know what? There's some people right now that she could intersect with like Ruby Soho, who's in the middle of some stuff. You know, Soraya obviously kind of out in the open right now. There's some things that you could do here. And I know I'm like droning on right now, but I, I, I think they're going to do it, man. I am with you. I I think the kid
1: gets the crown. I think Billy Starks wins this match and it it's a real, like really cool fucking crowning moment. And I, I just, I want this to be a world where everyone's talking about was that just like, how great was that match? Like, like how, how beautiful was that match and, and Billy Starks and, I have such high expectations for this match, and I, I hate fucking having these kind of expectations. I know,
0: because if she retains and Billy ends up going being the one that goes to AW television, we'll be happy, but we'll be a little disappointed, right? But she is kind this of the only like the per- thing in it. And there's an argument that she's the only thing in Ring of Honor right now, and you kind of have to keep her there because there's nobody else that can carry the brand. You know, like,
1: yeah. ugh, it's so well, tough, hey, maybe but- Maybe we'll be in a spot where Danielson's fucking, you know, carrying
0: the show with the Triple Crown. And right so you just, I just, you just don't know some things could yeah. happen at world's end you just don't know that's why i wish this world title I, that's why i wish maybe and i don't maybe this is because of danielson's injuries maybe the plan was to have it end at final battle because that would make a lot more sense if you think about it. world's end is a big show but i, I unless uh but unless the continental class is going to end there every year which makes sense you know but i mean um you know it just depends on because like, you know aw has pivoted plans that they intended because of things in the past so i, I almost wonder if we had been able to do this a few weeks or like a month or however long it would have to be earlier so that we could have had the triple crown beyond this show. You know what I mean? But anyway, you know, whenever no world, the real world titles being defended on this show. Let's be real. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah, guys, that was it for our ring of honor
1: final battle um, predictions. So, and you guys gotta know what the rest of the deal is. So what we do for the rest of the show is we just kind of go show to show and, uh, break down the results that we, uh, and, you know, we, we spend some time on some stuff that we really loved. You guys know the vibes here. Um, so we're gonna go Ring of Honor Dynamite Rampage Collision. So what I'm doing now is we're handing the keys over
0: to the Duke of Derby. Go ahead, take the lead here, buddy. Good old episode of Ring of God. Uh, yeah, so oh, I'm all the way down in the middle of my notes because I was on Collision, alright. Ring of God episode number... 41, okay. 40 episodes of Ring of Honor already. People are already wanting to cancel the show. We're only 40 episodes in. Come on, guys! All right,
1: episode 42. So it took us. So the upcoming episode is 42. So it Mm -hmm. took us 42 episodes until we got a pay per view on Honor Club. It's pretty badass. We we figured they would. I I was surprised. The first one we were
0: pitching it from the beginning that that should be how they do it. But I mean, you know, they they needed to have confidence in the brand first. Bro, ten dollars for a pay per
1: view. I. Bro, you're not going to It's not like the catch WWE Network was,
0: bro. Can you remember how insane the WWE Network was yeah. when it first came out, dude? I think it was only like five bucks a month or something. Maybe not five, but it was like ten bucks a month or something around that. And you got like every show and you didn't have to, like, yeah. Count awesome. me in, buddy. Literally. Count me in. Um, we had a Billy Starks match to open up the show, which was Billy Starks taking on Danny Mo. It was like basically a squash. She went with the Swanton. Um, I broke the Swanson. She hit her with the Ron Swanson bomb, apparently. No, anyway, uh, no, I hit her with the swanton. And uh, the big story here is Athena attacking her after the bell. And they had a big-ass brawl. And you know what I have to say, Charlie? And I respect them for doing this. This felt like the kind of brawl you'd have between, like, Hangman Page and Swerve on a show. You know, like, or something like that. Ooh, I like that. I like that. It felt like a legit brawl. It didn't feel like they were like, all right, you know, fight for a few minutes and then, you know, scamper away there, Billy, and then go up the ramp and then we'll have a promo. Nope, that's not what happened here at all. They literally brawled it out and they were both attacking the referees and it was just chaos. This is how you should open up another episode of Ring of Honor sometimes because sometimes people got to get shit off their chest and you got to do it through violence. So, you know, uh, we then got a video package because they had to, you know, restore order for final battle. It was a nice little final battle video package. They've been, uh, honestly, Ring of Honor video packages are usually pretty solid. And I'm just, I don't know about you, Charlie. These ones are really, they're not really doing it for me. I don't know. It's probably because there's not much on the show
1: yeah yeah hey man uh someone that's fucking really good at them though they'll it, it, there can only be one segment and they'll make it feel like a million bucks oh i'm sure the you individual know, ones so. will
0: they'll they'll scrape something together for the show that's good yeah I mean, yeah, yeah final I, final battles will be better aw can book four matches on the show on the week and still have a video package somehow for those matches and i don't understand how that works but they somehow do you know um so you know i i believe in the editors um we also had uh, so we had our match set up here. We have Wheeler Yuta backstage with Brian Danielson, and they challenged FTR Mac Brisco- Mark Briscoe to the match in honor of Jay Briscoe. It's, uh, you know uh, obviously you know the, the fight without honor. We've talked about this, um, and yeah, so that was I thought that was a good segment. I thought the uh, the that the promo was cut by the, the both of them was pretty solid here, and it got me pretty hyped. I was like, oh shit, we're getting that match. Oh hell yeah, let's go. Um, so yeah. And then we had what I think was probably the match of the week uh, for Ring of Honor, which was Dalton Castle took on Johnny TV uh, in the Survival of the Fitness Qualifier match. Um, Dalton's entrance is just too fucking good, man. Like, he's so good. It's, it's so fucking special. <laughs> it's, like, he has this special connection with the audience, man. And I gotta, you know, I gotta agree with Rickabone here, man. He's like he enters this flow state. You know, like he gets into that state as soon as the fucking music hits, and as soon as from the music hitting till when the bell rings, both times I guess it rings twice when the bell rings at the end of the match. That guy is locked in, and even after till that camera cuts away from him, he is locked in, and he is like, you know what? We talk about this when we talk about movies when an actor disappears into a, Dalton Castle disappears into the role of Dalton Castle, like he's a fucking actor like genuinely which is actually kind of because i think he actually is an actor i think he's acted in things before i want to say so that makes sense you know what i mean um but he's got that sort of like uncanny ability to like i don't believe that dalton castle is as nutty as he is on on tv you know in real life but i wouldn't be surprised because he wears it so well so um yeah we had uh you know Uh, oh there was a point out that dalton is kind of like almost like the nightmare match of nightmare matches because he's not just a fucking brilliant wrestler that can beat the shit of you he's also like got the mind games thing going on with the boys and with the you know the sort of like dancing aroundness and he's got that and that's why i think him versus uh orange cassidy would maybe be like one of the best matches of all time if you put like some serious stakes on it like if you were like building it up as a story because they kind of are the same idea right you know you know, Cassie lulls you in with this like oh he's this cool guy he doesn't really care but then he beats you because he's a brilliant wrestler same with Dalton except he's just like a pure like wrestler wrestler that'll throw you around with the beach wrestling and shit like that so I don't know this is kind of a cool thing I noticed about Dalton while I was watching this match so I want to see him and OC have like a fucking barn burner of the century I don't know if that'll happen but um so oh there was also this dive this front flip off the fucking knees off the apron that johnny tv hit at one point and i'm just like how old is this guy again what the hell is that yeah, right right yeah guys thinks he's vikingo out here vikingo vikingo out here you know what i mean like goddamn, damn i actually might be a fucking banger match right there shit but um yeah. Still doing it at that age. Um, it's just a fun match. I do think, um, I did see some people saying that maybe, uh, in actually in the article that I have about that, uh, I reference from time to time while we're doing these. Um, I, I did notice some people would think maybe that this was a little overbooked with Kira Hogan and Taya Valkyrie, but you know what? I'm actually not mad about that. Cause Kira has been on the show recently. And, uh, Taya being on Ring of Honor is good for Ring of Honor, I believe. And I think if her and TV are going to become regulars on Ring of Honor, that is a fucking huge get for Ring of Honor, if that's the case. Um, and I would be very happy to see that. I don't know if that will be the case. You know, that could be the match that we have added, actually. A mixed, uh, not a mixed tag with these four, but you could have something between um maybe Taya and, and Kiera added. I don't know. Have they announced anything like that? Yeah, I know. Maybe they should. Maybe they should throw that match on the show. Maybe that's a, maybe that's your pre-show match right there. I'm I'm down with it um but yeah but before i move on do you think that was overbooked i i don't know it was a little bit much at the end
1: i mean yeah there's
0: a lot going on but there. it's kind of
1: a big moment does but that time
0: come out right so I it's don't know. fun
1: I, yeah. that's the thing overbook it, it's like it just kind of muddies the waters entirely to a point where you're like eh, it's not really even enjoyable you know just like we'll get I, into the christian cage stuff i don't think that was overbooked either i think no. that was like perfectly executed in my yeah. opinion like in terms of book just enough but it you know if if you're someone that just doesn't like any shenanigans at all i could see where you're like yeah a little too much for me so that's fair that's fair
0: yeah i was just i saw it in the article and i was like really i didn't really think it was that big of a deal but whatever. because i really liked this match that's why i wrote and uh, wrote so much and said so much about it but moving on well rachel ellering with Layla and maria uh accompanying her uh taking on nikki victory who i've uh talked about being a, uh would be a good get for the ring of honor or aw women's division she's pretty good um still think her name should be nike victory because you know nike is literally the goddess of victory but hey whatever um and i and I know that's like the, oh that's too simple I, I thought of the same thing shut up it's like i whatever i can still think it anyway um so the, i'm not even gonna go through this match the story here is maria attempting to interfere against her own team which i don't even understand what the hell is going on there i mean they've been kind of setting this up like she's working with the renegades but then the renegades were on this show so and she wasn't involved. So I don't fucking know. I have no idea what's going on here. I'm sure we'll figure it out, but this might be a mystery box we need to leave closed. Um, maybe just make them a tag team and and uh, leave the rest. Rachel was just pissed after this. That's that's the story here. She's like, "What the fuck's going on?" Uh, Lexi interviewed a post beat down Athena here. So not Athena that got beat down, but like after the beat down on uh on, on Billy. She's like, hey, what's the deal here? You beat up our friend. And she's like, they're not our friend anymore. Fuck that bitch. Literally. Um so yeah. So uh and this is where they announced that the main event would be uh them would be my of uh, excuse me. This is where they officially announced the uh, main event of uh final battle on programming so that's pretty cool. Obviously we've talked about that well deserved. Um the infantry took on the workhorsemen here and uh we had some JD Drake Mega Meat Shops here um god you know what i've talked about ring of honor or sorry, i have talked about i've talked about ring of honor obviously i've talked about ftr being that team in the AEW division that you can kind of just throw against any team any perspective team even and see if you want to know if they're good or not if they're going to work as a team put them against ftr and ftr will give them a good match probably but that's how you know that's the test right ftr is that reliable team that you can put against anybody i think that for uh for ring of honor they believe that is the workhorseman um and I think this match is kind of proof of that because the infantry have been on this run recently and we know how popular they're getting with the Ring of Honor crowd. I think they might even be popular if they worked. I think if you threw them on AEW, they'd probably be popular too. Um, and I was really shocked that the Workhorsemen won here, to be honest with you, because the infantry have been on that roll. Again, I feel like it's almost a little too afraid to pull the trigger on the infantry yet. And I'm not sure why, because I think they're pretty good. But either way, I thought it was a good match. Uh, so... Nah, that's my thoughts on uh, infantry versus the workhorseman um the renegades took on trisha and lady frost which that's a team i didn't know i needed but uh give me that please more um and uh i think the renegades start have to start getting a little bit more respect here because they're actually like a really good team um I, I, and the fact that nobody probably who doesn't watch ring of honor knows who these chicks are kind of is annoying to me because they're actually like I feel like this is a team that if they don't get signed, like an actual deal with AEW ring of honor at some point, which they might already be, but like say they aren't, this is a team that I could see WWE swiping because they have money written all over them. I feel like, you know, Um, dude, they could, they could fucking flourish in NXT, especially where NXT books fucking has some shows where they have six women's matches on And, And no offense to the women's division in NXT, even to this day with the change I've, i don't hear about anybody down there that's fucking like blowing the roof off the place there's some women that are very much liked but i don't know how many of them are like "Ah, fuck i can't wait to see them go against rhea ripley you know what i mean there's a couple but not that many this is a a duo that i think you could see feuding with like rhea and i don't know if rhea saw the tag team partner but say she did right um or with whatever the remnants of damage control end up being you know like something like that i don't know uh pretty good match uh frost with them kicks she might be like a female danielson with those kicks you know um so and we know that uh trisha dora can do that kind of stuff too so that's that's a that's a pretty solid tag team so i'm interested to see what they do with that uh we had lexi following up on maria layla and rachel being like yo what what was the deal out there guys and you know maria denied the allegations but uh i i don't believe her i'm just obviously trying to fuck this team over and i just I uh, i feel like it'll be fine I don't think I'm going to actually dislike this because like, I think I remember I had some, um, a little bit of trepidation with the original storyline with the kingdom that led to the great match with the infantry where they had the, I think it was a fight without honor or whatever it was that really got the infantry over. Um, and that ended up working out. So I'm going to trust the process with Maria here. She clearly knows what okay. she's doing. So pull the 76ers, trust the process. 100%. I don't know if I be- believe in this story now, but I do remember saying they should put these two together when they first put them together. So... I'm, I'm, I'm a rock with it for now. You know, um, Josh Woods took on uh, Lee Johnson. Um, and I I believe this was another survival of the cities qualifier. Uh, I didn't have it written in my notes, but I'm pretty sure. Um, and, uh, let me just check. I'm pretty sure though. I'm I'm like, I'm pretty certain, but I just want to make sure. Yes, I was right. I didn't write that in my notes. Eh, Anyway, I thought I probably remember it probably. Uh, They did some grappling to start, which I like to see. We know Lee Johnson is probably kind of underrated in that regard. Like there's another Lee that's also really good at technical wrestling. So he doesn't get the shine. You know what I mean? So whatever. Um, But Shoddy Lee obviously, you know, has a lot to offer. And, um, you know, he still has a really monster dropkick. Um, Somebody made a a comment about receding hairlines at some point, apparently. I don't know what that was about. Um, I just wrote it in my notes. Um, I I still think Shoddy Lee has a lot of potential. They had that twisting suplex spot off the second rope, then I think Josh Woods basically hit like a Kawada bomb, which was pretty nasty. And then yeah. uh, Lee Johnson picks up a massive win here to qualify for the tournament, or I guess for the match, so the Rival of the Fittest uh, Eliminator, or whatever it's called. So big win for Lee Johnson here. Uh, thoughts? Because we've been we've been on Lee Johnson for a little while. I feel like.
1: Yeah, I think this is a fucking this is a monumental win, uh, beating former uh, pure champion mm-hmm. in Josh Woods, someone who is. Fairly booked consistently as a guy who wins matches, especially
0: recently. He's been on
1: a tear. We're seeing, we're seeing Lee finally enter a spot where I think, uh, I think people are going to start taking him a little more legit right now. So, yeah, 100%. I'm with it.
0: All right, we had the outrunners, my favorite tag team ever, taking on the righteous. Um, and uh, we had some snaps in for the righteous. Uh, they picked up the one with the autumn sunshine. I, uh, there was a sign in the crowd that said, "I believe in the righteous." I do too. I hope they don't just forget about them. Um, I do hope they forget about the Outrunners, though. Anyway, um, we had a promo for the upcoming World's End pay-per-view, uh, which was, you know, news. News was nice. There was some good stuff on there. Uh, we had Hot Sauce Tracy Williams taking on Tiger Style, Lee Moriarty, in a Survival of the Fittest qualifier match. And, dude, these two had chemistry. I might have, You might have to run this one back after this match, this, like, Survival of yeah. the Fittest thing. Cause this, yeah. This match had potential to really get going, and they just, you know, they just didn't have the time, but, you know. This is good stuff here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if these guys wrestled a lot the in the indies. And you know what? I finally figured it out what it is I really, really like about fucking hot sauce, Racy Williams, Charlie, and it's his offense looks fucking explosive in the ring. It reminds me of when you watch a match with uh, Oni Lorcan, you know? Ooh, okay. And I think that's, you know, because Oni Lorcan, he could fucking sell anything, but he's also like, goddamn, He every time he hits something, it looks like it fucking kills you. Anyway. Same thing with this guy. I'm, I'm really, I really like, I, I, I think, yeah. Also, the Fang Flatliner. The Fang's a good, a uh, good uh, name for that, I guess. But um, it's the Flatliner for the win. Um, So, fun fact here that they mentioned it at some point, at this point in the show. The only two people in these tournament that had previously competed in a survival of the Fittest Tournament were Tracy Williams and uh Josh Woods, both who lost. So, interesting. I wonder what a that New means. era of Ring of Khan. Indeed. Um and uh we had a tiger style hitting the Anderson Silva dance. So, you know, shout outs to I guess to Anderson Silva, I don't know. Well, one of the greatest fighters of all time, I think, right? Like, you know, um maybe or at least uh, a fighter of all time at the very least, you know what I mean? Um a fighter? Yep. <laughs> he's, he's certainly a fighter. I I'm pretty sure he was good, but I don't know how good, you know what I mean? Um and we had a... Oh my god, this fucking next segment killed me, Charlie. It was so fucking funny. Johnny TV was backstage with Dalton in the middle of an interview segment. And they had a TV off. They started naming TV shows. <laughs> fucking brilliant. Oh, and then Ty had to come in to break it up and they brought in here as well. It was... Just <laughs> Uh, Dalton Castle deserves to be the champion because of this fucking t- segment alone. Can you imagine if we get segments like that every week with Dalton? Oh my God. If he's out there cutting promos with the championship, ugh, just give it to me. All right. We had The Butcher and the Blade on the show, which I hope means we're going to see them more in Ring of Honor. We've seen them a couple times recently, but you never know. Sometimes they get brought in for one or two shots when they're not being used on AEW. People like Butcher and the Blade. So, but uh, they could actually have a run. Maybe these are your new tag champions after you vacate the titles, potentially. Um, you know? Yeah they could definitely hold it down for a little bit. And they definitely have the ring of honor vibe for sure. They could have some, really there could
1: good be a matches. world where the tag team championship match on final battle going into it is the righteous first them at the righteous, you know, it won. That's at, true. A
0: hundred percent. Actually, I, I agree with that. That would be, so, that would be a hell of a match probably. There's a world where that is the match. And maybe, and maybe at the end of it, they lose and they just join them because they would fit along with that vibe. You know what I mean? You don't know. You just don't know, man. They were trying to recruit people in their last segments that we saw from them. So it could happen. anyway, uh Brandon and Brent, obviously are really good. They have really, really good timing, which I think is so crucial in wrestling, but I actually wrote this in my notes. I think it 's actually more important in tag team wrestling than it is in singles wrestling because yes you is important in all wrestling, obviously right I would know i 'm not a wrestler, but you know what i'm saying I, it's something I've heard people say a lot, yeah but um, I think in tag team matches, if you don't have the right timing of when to sell and when to hit the moves and when to isolate the guy in the corner and so on. If you don't time that shit correctly, the crowd's just going to be bored. We've seen it so many times in six-man tag matches. The crowd's just like, eh, who cares? Because there's just nothing going on. It doesn't really happen in AEW, but it did in WWE a lot. So um, They sold the shit of the Butcher's Lariat, which maybe that's what they should call it, the Butcher's Lariat, but the Lariat that the Butcher hit. And then they dragged Lake on him. Good stuff, though. I like seeing Butcher in the Blade on Ring of Honor TV. Uh, we had Lexi interview somebody who we haven't fucking seen in goddamn minute, it feels like, Charlie, which is Cole Carter and Griff Garrison. <laughs> yeah um and this segment was kind of wild because then maria's like yeah i i i wrote your guys entrance music and then she just starts singing like a fucking professional singer which maybe she is i don't know i didn't know she had that in her did you uh no i didn't know (laughs) you're not kidding she she has some good she has some good tune there maybe she should sing the next entrance music for them shit i don't know that'd be kind of cool so I'm, i'm curious to see what we see from the next we had Angelico taking on Christopher Daniels, and Charlie, if you'd have told me going into this week of Ring of Honor that somehow Angelico and Christopher Daniels were going to have a match that I was, like, fucking into, I would have been like, yeah, right, okay. You know? <laughs> um, Nothing against Christopher Daniels. I just don't have that faith in him anymore, you know? I hate to say it, but I just don't, you know? um, There's just something about Angelico, man, that, that there's a mix of his like, his like his style, his background, you know, like being South south african right and everything it just creates this like sort of like phenom dude i i they got to start using this guy more because he's like he's got something and they just aren't using it i feel like you know um and i like that this this match you know the christopher daniels is looking away he just sucker punches him in the back of the head you don't see that in wrestling a ton you know what i mean it does happen but i haven't seen it in a while so to me when somebody does it like that i'm like fuck yeah and hell go get that shit you know um, in my opinion, he, he's the most underrated wrestler that's working in Ring of Honor right now by a mile. It's not even close. Um, and oh, he also did this really, really cool delayed knockout sell where like he just dropped right after a few seconds after he got hit with something, after he got back up. And I just love that because it's not no-selling. He sold the shit out of it. He just sometimes, and this is a real thing that happens, people will get back up and then immediately fall again because they're actually knocked out. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't always hit that same way. You know, I don't know. Uh, he picks up the win with the Navarro death roll. And then Christopher Daniels, like, attacked Serpentico after the bell. They edited this when they showed it later <laughs> so that it didn't look like he got to attack them first because probably they're not trying to turn him heel right now. But that was just, I don't know if I just missed something, but I, that they had to edit it later so that it looked better. But ultimately, Danhausen and Orange Cassidy made the save. Uh, which I'm a little confused by why they're using OC much, so much on Ring of Honor right now because I would rather him just be wrestling on TV because he's the best thing on TV when he wrestles, usually with that title. So, But I mean, you know, maybe, maybe again, maybe I just need to trust the process here. Uh, maybe maybe they're giving me what I want and we're getting in a, in a Helico match with him. It'll slap. And then we're getting the, um, you know, uh the one i was mentioning before that i had already lost my brain but we'll move on because we got we got stuff to talk about still in the show so tony khan then made the match official between uh tony needs and Ethan page with a contract signing and um mark sterling actually said some stuff in this promo that i was like oh damn okay he's Mm -hmm. actually involved you know like mark sterling's been kind of stale for a while i'll be honest with you hasn't really done it for me for a long time i feel like he actually kind of stepped up a little bit here you know um and then Ethan Page, he did his thing. He cut, out, called it, cut a decent promo, calling out Tony. Um, I've never seen someone throw protein powder in the eyes of somebody before, so I guess that's interesting. Um, and then Ethan Vince was sent the through the table. Like- I guess this is why he loses to Kenny, right? Because he gets sent through the table. But I don't know. I don't think he needed that. You could lose to Kenny. I don't think he loses anything, you know? like Because I don't think people think of Ethan Page as the guy that's going to beat Kenny Omega. Maybe, maybe that is why they had to do this then. Eh, whatever. Um, but yeah, and then uh, a main event of the show, we had Kyle Fletcher take on Gravity. Uh, I still hate the Don Callis family entrance music. It's just not good. It's sucking the life out of some of these wrestlers. Kyle Fletcher had one of the coolest entrance themes in Ring of Honor, and now he just comes out to... Nobody likes that. Um, the Don Callis family, man, it's overall just been a fart in the fucking wind. It was, looked like it was going to be so good. And then as soon as Kenny wasn't involved anymore... All right,
1: it almost um, got fucking like hit with some of the same juice that fucked up the pinnacle. Just yeah. like
0: now they're just there and no one cares. And, look, not every AEW group is a banger.
1: For all no. intents and
0: purposes, the JAS worked, but it only worked because of who they worked with. If you had put them I mean, against the like, firm,
1: firm is that fucking lived and died fast. <laughs> pinnacle. I mean, yeah, this is just it's unfortunate. The, they, the firm the got talent's so incredible, incredible. They gave it to fucking Stokely. You know what I mean? I'm 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 afraid what they need to do is just... No offense to Stokely, but you know, like... When, when Osprey comes in, you just gotta take over this fucking group and just call it United Empire. It's the, That's you know... probably true. United Empire America version. You know how much that'll help Hobbs, too? Oh, yeah. If, um, if you tell me Will Hobbs is in fucking the United Empire, I'm like, okay. I know what we're oh, talking... Yeah. I know what we're getting into. Oh, yeah. Same oh, with yeah. Takeshita. mm mm-hmm. Then you got Sammy Guevara, who's
0: still there. Jesus. Is he, though? <laughs> anyway yeah, Right. Um. So something I was also thinking, they, bro, they might need to pivot with how much gravity he, he does end up um losing here. But I think, dude, gravity was getting the crowd going. He's got this explosivity in his dives, like not that, it, not I guess that's the word of the week, huh? Explosive. But um, the he does though, and I they may need to like eventually maybe maybe whoever wins this faces gravity and gravity beats them i, I know you really hot shot the title after you do this but you're kind of hot shotting on whoever you put it on anyway so unless you're putting it on somebody who's going to benefit by being a new champion maybe you stick it on gravity because gravity is getting reactions right around. i'm ring of honor i'm freaking ring of honor in the main event now granted maybe that's because the other shows are about to start right but i don't know man i, I felt something here I, I felt like the crowd was feeling gravity here and then he loses and i think that might have sucked the win out of them a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. Uh Gravity—he's uh he's one of our Ring of Honor guys. It's actually really fun. Hundred
0: percent. And Kyle Fletcher, courtesy. obviously, you know, he's a bigger name, so put him in the match.
1: Oh yeah, Fletcher. Fletcher needs this too. Oh, hundred like, percent.
0: Yeah, he needs to be in this yeah. match if he's going to be in a qualifier. Hundred percent. He can't lose it. But Gravity might have something. Maybe, maybe he could be your world title contender for whoever comes out of the tournament. Maybe that's who they yeah. face. Is Gravity. And for
1: all intents and purposes, they need
0: this. If, if the Don Callis family
1: wants any fucking hope, they need to have some of these guys winning. Oh yeah.
0: So. That's true.
1: Okay. Yeah. And that's the end yeah, of the Yeah, we'll water. see. Ring of Honor, not bad, not bad. Um, I uh, just an update for everyone. We will, uh, unfortunately not be doing a final battle review on Friday night this week. Just, that's the day I'm leaving with traveling. Traveling's gonna get a little, this podcasts is gonna get a little messy with that, so we'll get into it more at the end of the show, but I just. Just in case anyone's like, alright, I heard about Ring of Honor stuff, I'm tuning out. Um, Yeah. They, uh, just wanted to let you guys know that we will not be doing a final battle review. uh, Unless, like, some fucking godsend happens and we can. But just don't expect it. I'd say, like, 95 to 5% are you?
0: I mean, we could also, um... I mean, we could also just do it on a different day, unless you're just not feeling that. Um Check, check. Oh my god, the mic actually... Turn back on. I thought
1: oh, we were about yeah. that to quit it, reset. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ! Holy, you guys don't even want it. How many times that's happened? Where I accidentally unplugged my mic, and then we have to fucking reset the show. And uh, yeah, <laughs> all right, let me uh, move it back a little bit.
0: But yeah, what do you do? You think we can do it? Like, is it just is your schedule going to be a little too hectic? To do it's one of those day? things
1: where it's like if you don't do it right after, it's like eh. No, that's fair, but that's no fair. matter what, if we don't do it, as always, we'll talk it in news the following. Yeah, we'll week, definitely so. mention it for sure. It'll but always, oh, Jesus. yeah, I just, just want to give people an update if, uh, if they are just here for some Ring of Honor content. Ring of God, okay. Um, AW Dynamite guys, so we kick it off. John Moxley and Roosh. I want to be blunt here. I was. Uh, I had some pretty, pretty. Uh, I was pretty excited about this match going into it. I want a guys to beat the crap out of each other, which they delivered that. And I mentioned during the Eddie match, I was like, you know, sometimes wrestling matches, they just, they don't look pretty. Dude, this was fucking ugly. These guys, this was not, this was not a beautiful match by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and honestly, at points, I actually kind of found myself not really vibing with it. And I was, a, I will say every match in this tournament for the most part has delivered. I think this is the first one to me that I was like, "Eh, that was all right. It's kind of whatever, you know, um, that was just me though. Um, that being said, uh, you know, they, they went to the outside. They had some good stuff. The crowd was getting excited. I think the crowd really enjoys, you know, opening up with a match like this of this caliber too. You know, this is our, Ace of AEW and and one of our favorite up up and comers in AEW, if you will. Even though he's a veteran from hell, but yeah, uh, they ended up um, Rushing ended up getting choked out. He passed out. He wakes up and uh, he's furious. He didn't tap out, but he uh, he lost consciousness. So, excuse me, I believe it was Taz that sold that really well. That was like, yeah, I mean. He's gonna wake up pissed off. And sure enough he did.
0: <laughs> so I mean that's a real thing that happened I've heard people that will happen when you get choked out in MMA. You start still you can think the fight's still going on, you know? And like it's like, oh shit, it's it's not, weird. Uh, I had the completely I actually really liked yeah. this match. I was the opposite okay. I'd done this. I I thought it had like an aura around it. I thought like this was two guys that had like zero respect for each other. And throughout yep. the course of this match, they earned respect for each other. Except, actually, they didn't. They still don't respect each other. And that's why this match was so hard-hitting. Like, um okay. eh, Maybe it's not, like I said, brawls aren't for everybody, you know? It, maybe I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking in my head when I was talking about it earlier. They're not for everybody. But if you love that kind of wrestling stuff, that's why I like John Moxley so much. Because this is that's purely what he does, you know? Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, that's why this one caught me so off guard with how much I wasn't vibing with it. Um, but yeah, hey, it was... That's the beautiful thing, right? Sometimes shit just uh, it clicks for one of us and doesn't for the other. And um, I think that ending shot is pretty cool of him coming back to life, essentially. So we get a video package. They did it for this match, but um, you know, this is kind of when we saw this. I was essentially thinking, like, okay, this is we can do something like this for you know Eddie and Claudio. It's like essentially the same thing because this is a history. I personally didn't know that much about. I didn't know how much these guys had history with each other, with Jay White and Jay Lethal. White was saying he looked up the Lethal when he was younger in Ring of Honor, but tonight he's getting the three points in the Gold League. Lethal goes on. He's like, yeah, my back's against the wall, but it's a must win. And I like those stakes. I like that that they set that up because I'll tell you what, to me this looked like just kind of another match in the tournament. But when they established that lore, if you will, I was like, okay, I'm into it more. That's all it takes, man? That was, what, 30 seconds? 40 seconds? Yeah, literally. And and someone like me who never knew that these guys had this history, I'm in.
0: Well, that makes sense. I was actually thinking about this because I do remember Jay Lethal and them being in the Ring of Honor at the same time. Because I remember we were covering WWE at the time um, during that era. And it's so it's crazy we've been doing this that long that I, that I do remember that. Because I remember you guys were on Jay, uh, Jay at the time. You guys already knew Jay was going to be a star, and you also knew I think Adam Page was making his name at the time around that same time. Oh um, yeah, he, he and the Young fast. Bucks were obviously there, so it was like the best time for Ring of Honor ever, probably because the Young Bucks were there, right? But um, and I, I do remember Jay Lethal being the champion then. So it, you know, it, they probably did interact. We just weren't watching Ring of Honor at the time, so we didn't yep. know. Yeah. Um.
1: Okay. Renee's backstage with the kingdom and Roddy. Roddy said, or no, not backstage. They're on the ramp. Um, She announces, uh, Strong says, it's obvious tonight. MJF will stab his best friend by proxy. Samoa! Joe in the back. <laughs> the crowd was just loving Roderick Strong here. Adam! They were loving it. Kid asks, what if Max isn't the devil? Like Roddy assumes. He says, he called her crazy and said he's in a wheelchair because of the decisions he's made. He rose up from his wheelchair and said, he'll no longer be held back. You can't break me. Throwing the wheelchair off the stage saying it's held him back for far too long.
0: Can I just say, I remember making a joke last week that they should tape up the wheelchair that got KO'd. And they, they actually did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he throws the wheelchair off the stage saying it's held him back. They're, they're, they're celebrating his resurrection. And um, it, was, it was a miracle. By God, it's a fucking miracle.
0: They needed to do this like four
1: weeks ago. Let's be honest. (laughs) Renee was standing outside MJF's locker room wanting to get a word in on his upcoming tag match when Hangman walks in. She asks how he's feeling tonight. This is his first time seeing him since full gear. He said he felt better, but, you know, he goes on to bring up the links that Swerve went in their feud. Recognizes when he lost and took something from Swerve. He'll never get back.
0: All right, I'm going to be right back.
1: This feud is not over. And realizes what Strickland wants the most in life. And he'll make sure Strickland never gets it. I was like, okay. You know, cool. Get a little, little hanger, hanger action here. MGF walks out, says hello to Seabiscuit. Saying it was impressive watching a match where both men saw how many STDs they could get. Page said he didn't have 30 minutes to have MGF talk to him. And MGF said he has a reason he talks for 30 minutes. is to wake the crowd up after Page put them to sleep. And right here. Is a situation where I'm like, I like when they just have some of their top guys just go out there and beef with each other for the hell of it. Because you know what? Why the fuck wouldn't they? You know, they they live in, they coexist in the same world. You don't have to hide them from each other. Right? Just have them go out there and shit talk each other, even if they're both babyfaces in this moment. Um, page asks if that's what he, you know, and he's like, is this what he wants to do? Is this what you want for me? And Jeff said he does. He brings up verbally bending over page in front of Bret Hart at Double or Nothing a few years ago he brings up how he beat Paige for the dynamite diamond ring he said he consoled himself as be, by becoming aew champion that's what uh, adam page said and Jeff said it was only six months well max's has been over a year page said when he's 70 years old max can tell his ninth cat about his one-year title reign <laughs> i'm like dude these guys are just going beat for beat bar for bar um yeah well MJF should just hit him with yeah well I know you don't take advice from anyone, so go fuck yourself.
0: Can I just say, I love how much MJF is just going after... Everybody's going after him. It's cool. but It's bro, great! It's great, but goddamn, I want to see so many of these matches and we're not going to get them for like five months!
1: Yeah, this, this would be a really fun one.
0: There's too many people. There's um, like a line out the back door of AEW's locker room for people that want to face MJF, which is fair enough. But again, like, you know, like... But like, goddamn, like, can we just get... I wish he wasn't hurt right now because we could have this match like next week on Dynamite. And we probably would. You know what I mean? Like, And then they go on. Yeah. And then they go
1: on and go to a really interesting angle where MJF accuses Hangman of being the devil. Kind of catches him off guard. He starts denying it. And he's telling MJF to be honest and admit he's the one behind the mask. I like this, uh, this point and choose. Samoa Joe showed up. Step between them. Make sure MJF stayed healthy like he promised. Um. yeah, this this was definitely a segment where you set some seeds for something future. And just a lot of fun that anyone was expecting. Like, this was just a blast. So, I, again, I, I like having your top guys kind of go at it just for the fucking hell of it because you can't.
0: I also like the in- idea that Hangman's just pissed because he just lost a swerve after, like, he put everything on the line. So he's just pissed. I just want to go. I'm going after the world title, you know? Fuck it. Yeah. Then we have... Upcoming, it,
1: I almost picked this as my favorite. Um, this is the biggest surprise of the tournament to me. We have the Continental Classic Gold League, Swerve Strickland defeating Mark Briscoe. If you would have told me by the end of Wednesday night, I would have liked this match more than Moxley and Ruscha, I would have said, You're out of your fucking mind. I was like, I would have thought this is kind of just one of those throwaways. You know, we go like 12 minutes, uh you know, we get the redneck kung fu win, and Swerve just eventually wins. Brother, these guys were fucking slinging shit. This was awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, they were beating the f- dude. I mean, has swerve uh, been the most consistent in this tournament? He, of by far. 40?
1: By a yeah. fucking mile, swerve has been the most consistent. And this is all the proof you ever needed. Does um, that mean he's winning
0: then? I mean, that's that's a pretty good sign, you know? Like- dude, if if they
1: want to go that route for 2024, I'm down. I- I'm cool with it.
0: Um, and, you know,
1: Mark Briscoe is now mathematically eliminated from the Continental Classic. He is our first person eliminated. And now the rest of the time, he can play spoiler. And the fact that they keep setting that up, it makes me think that yeah,
0: someone's going every to. Every eliminated guy is going to get somebody, 1,000%. Yeah. I don't know if they're all going to stop somebody, but they're going to put a blemish on somebody's record, certainly. Swerve, Swerve goes on. He continues to ride this fucking momentum he's been just rolling in. And um, God, there's there's so many little... going to keep getting more attempts because we just had to... I'll just spoil it. We'll have a couple eliminations this week, right? But then yeah. the... the process of elimination gets a lot harder because if you don't have a fourth match win by the end of next week you're going to be pretty toast like you know like and and just this this didn't feel
1: you know this this was not a brawler fight yet yet we have this this match here where it felt it felt so beautiful and like, it's like i just i love that we could have these opposite worlds where you know, 30 minutes ago, I felt like these guys were actually trying to kill each other. And then this one here, it almost feels like this orchestrated, beautiful fight. And it's like, and that's that, Uh, what, what was that? that? That smorgasbord of of wrestling that we get in AEW that Kenny always likes to talk about. And I was like, man, this just felt so clean. If you would have told me these guys are fucking rivals that have spent the last 10 years wrestling each other fucking multiple times a week, I'd believe you with how clean this felt. Uh, Yeah, they just, they get it, man. These guys get it, and... I loved every minute of it, um, uh, Strickland ended up winning with the, uh, Swerve Stomp back in the inside, and, uh, really, really fun match, um, yeah, any thoughts you had on this one, before we jump into some Mariah May?
0: The vibe that I got from this match, especially with the little, uh, promo, I think there was a little promo video for, uh, for Mark at one point before this, I believe you mentioned, um... If not, they did something on one of the previous shows before this, you know, they yeah. did it was something. I remember him saying something to the fact of, like, yeah, I'm down a couple matches, but I got to keep going. It felt to me like, remember that promo that John Moxley cut where he was like, this is one hell of a shot. And when I think it was for the tournament where he won that title, the yeah, interim title, maybe. And he was like, yeah, it's one hell of a shot, but, you know, I'm going to take it because you got to take that shot. You got to, you know, just be, you know, sometimes in the game, when the game is on the line, you got to take that shot, you know, whether you yep. win or you lose is irrelevant you've got to take the shot otherwise you'll definitely guaranteed to lose you know um i that felt like that to me here for for mark briscoe and ultimately he didn't you know he didn't convert he didn't make the game winning you know field goal um but he definitely put in uh my mind that he's going to maybe i'm wrong maybe it's not going to be daniel garcia maybe daniel garcia will pick up two wins in a row and it'll actually be mark that loses every match until he, until it's somebody's tournament on the line and then he just fucks them you know like that'd be pretty cool you know especially if going into final battle um he's gonna come off some momentum so that might be perfectly timed you know what i mean like could be one of those perfect spots yeah um we get renee
1: backstage with uh, mariah may and asks about her meeting last week with tony she says it went well he's a fan of her time and stardom in japan saying she's bringing some much needed glamor to aew saying her in-ring debut is not renee's business as tonight is about timeless tony storm i love that we're getting a mariah may segment each week because i do think she is very important for aew um when they when they start putting her in the ring i think it's going to be one of those kind of uh more consistent ones like we've always kind of had with tony storm i have a feeling mariah is going to be here to stay um I'm just excited for her. I I, I mean, dude, she she has this presence. It's like whoa, like she's she's really cool, and uh, I, I can't wait till we get to see her, you know, in the ring doing the thing, because we've we've seen it from Japan. She she can do it. So I I'm very curious what they're gonna set up for her first opponent. That to me is is very intriguing. So, yeah, we get MGF and Samoa Joe versus the Devil's Henchman. Well, it never happened, guys. Am I the
0: only one that actually wanted to see them wrestle? two masked dudes? Is that that that's just me? I did. I'll be honest, I did. Maybe, Maybe they Mojo thought they makes... didn't give too much away if they did that. Yeah, because uh, they can't. I mean, yeah. you can't have. I mean, yes, you could teach somebody some new wrestling moves, but you can't teach somebody to wrestle a completely different. Like people hit moves. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. Smojo so makes
1: his way to the ring. MGF is going to make his, and the lights go out. Joe's surrounded by the henchmen. The lights went out again. This time all the folks were gone. And the devil appeared on the screen before it cut to MJF backstage unconscious and laid out. And, uh, MJF's, or, uh, Excalibur's like, oh, we need to take a look at this. Joe runs to the back and, uh, we never get the match. Huh.
0: Yeah, know, advertising I to tell you, to you if you're
1: there and you're, you're advertised for MJF to wrestle that night, I'm a little upset. Uh, now, you did get Danielson. AEW's done this. It's not, but you did get Danielson and Daniel Garcia that night, so at least you did get like a superstar wrestler wrestling for you.
0: I mean, I'll on give you that show. You got like multiple Continental Classic matches. You got a title match between Tony Storm and Sky Blue. Yeah,
1: so, so it's one of those things. MJF
0: actually never made an appearance in front of the live crowd, so was even here this week. I don't even it was know your TNT title match. Yeah, you got good stuff.
1: Yeah, it's just you're always. I'm always thinking that I'm like, man, that is a no, that, that's
0: a legit criticism. That does yeah.
1: that does cross my mind when shit like this happens because I, it's you a know, very WWE to, thing. It, it is very much so, and not do it, you know. And to be completely fair, I think this segment itself was a very WWE thing. And you know, there's there's multiple Arguably ways this you whole can look. Program with him and Adam Cole is a very WWE story. You, you, know? you could you could make a, an argument here where it's like. Oh, that's a negative way to put it. I don't think necessarily I mean, they do stuff right sometimes.
0: What the hell? Like they do, they do, look and at the I title think, reign they have at the top of their company right now. It's literally like one of the greatest modern title reigns of all time, and it's just because it's like one of the longest, you know. Like, and I and I th- and I want to say this. Well,
1: with that being said, I don't think that's a bad thing. And no, you know, we don't often get stuff like this in AEW where it feels like. I could definitely point to you a couple times. I've seen this exact thing happen. Um, So take that information. What you will. I thought this was fine. I dig it. I dig it. I think the beer bottle there adds the hangman lore. It also, since it's glass, it adds the Perry lore. Um, This was one of those moments where people thought the masked wrestler might've been Kyle. Um, They've pretty much locked down that. One of them last week was Wardlow. He had the same shoes, the same, everything, and it's hair, hair messed up again, yeah. The hair was messed up. Are they going that in detail to throw us off? I don't think so.
0: I It's think more likely that they're guys. going that in detail to make sure we know. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. which AW but does Wardlow, do sometimes. They tip their hand. Wardlow's definitely one of these guys, and something that started gaining a lot of heat uh
1: before Is there I don't want to spend too much. Too much- that
0: intentionally sometimes, like they did it with the CM Punk debut. They basically told everyone he was gonna debut without telling them. You know what I mean? Like um yeah they do that sometimes sometimes you gotta they be they subtle do. man They do.
1: i mean it might be fucking ziggler for all we know like they're just they're holding it until he's ready that that would make sense they they might need to hold it for the 90 days or whatever the fuck it was yeah whatever so i mean there there are also. these options
0: well he also didn't he just announced he's going to be doing like a tour of comedy shows and stuff like that
1: yeah so he's i guess he could use W. Uh, oh god yeah so yeah um we cut to a cold shot of john moxley backstage said he's expected to be 3-0 to win the Continental Classic because, bitch, he's the ace of the world. Swerve walks in the frame with Prince Nana said he's not the only one undefeated in this thing. He'll do whatever it takes to win. Moxa said that's good. He's the same way. We'll see each other in Texas next week at Winter is Coming.
0: Yeah, this match has been essentially I mean, I don't know about you. Ever since they've both been winning every match, I've been like, oh, this is these two are gonna collide at some point, you know? And I mean, obviously they're gonna face each other in a match, but they'll both be undefeated at some point still, and then they're gonna face and it's gonna be epic. And we're gonna get that. And you know what? This is a Continental Classic match, but don't expect them to not get fucking wild with this one because there were yeah. There were three
1: matches in the gold league I was looking most forward to. Moxley and Rouche. Moxley and Swerve, and Swerve and Jay White. And the fact that we're getting one of them next week. Oh, is that. That butters my biscuit. So I'm basically at World's
0: End, we need to have a, a triple threat death match between Hangman, Swerve, and uh, John Moxley is what you're saying. No. Um, <laughs> Give me what I want. Has there ever been a triple threat death match? I wonder. Hmm. Anyway. I'm sure. Probably. Um, it's probably so, been a death match battle royal. Let's be honest. We go to... TCM's host, Ben Mankiewicz. The barbed wire battle royal.
1: Oh no, what did I just create? Please nobody do that. <laughs> He's in the TCM studio saying, every generation has a performer that comes along that redefines what it means to be a human. To some it could be Garbo, Brando, or Groucho. But could also be Tony Storm. Every slammer pile driver paints a picture and lists off the silent films and that she started before saying, get your chin up, your chest out, and watch for the shoot. Introducing AEW Women's World Champion ahead of her title match. Um. So this was fun. I, dude. I thought
0: that was epic. Yeah, I thought it was very. This was fun. With it, why like, not,
1: dude? You know, why, why the not? fuck
0: not? Why not? Maybe he should do. If she's, I mean, she's obviously gonna have a match on the pay per view. Maybe he should do it there too. Maybe they should. Maybe they shouldn't have blown their fucking wad for this one match. You know, like
1: timeless. Tony Storm makes her entrance with Luther and Mariah May, where she takes on the defeat Sky Blue to retain the AEW Women's Championship. Right off the bat, I'm going to say this. This is the most, how do I want to phrase this? This is the most it looked like Sky Blue belonged in the main event of the women's championship picture. Sky Blue looked like she could be a women's champion in this moment. This was her best singles match. The fucking, where we've come from in the past two years, it's incredible. This was flawless on Sky Blue's end. I loved every minute of this. I really enjoyed this match for the title. It's so funny that Tony's always wrestling Sky Blue. That was her first pitch when she won the title in the uh, Outcast was to face Sky Blue as well. <laughs> and now she's here. They're both completely different characters, and I think it works out really well. I mean, I think they clash really well, too. Um, but, yeah. uh, The post-match is, is kind of the big
0: stuff here where we get the return of Riho yeah did not have that on my bingo card for this late in the year to get riho for for World's end presumably, yeah, and you gotta remember
1: Yukasakazaki, she's all wrapped up now it's only oh, a matter right. of time till so she's gonna
0: see her, and like I would, she's think, moving to America like really soon, so we're gonna January, see her probably within February, the next yeah. four weeks, oh, yeah, yeah. It could be it should, yeah, shit if you wanted to bring her in at the end of the year, if she's able to yeah hell yeah. so if when you add all these pieces together here, mariah may riho Yuka
1: Sakazaki... Hopefully the return of Jamie Hayter, Athena potentially coming to AEW. I mean, look, we're setting ourselves up for hopefully a much improved year in the women's
0: division in 2024. That's that's one of the big goals. I really hope sure like we'll eight weeks from now, about. we're not like, fuck, why is the women's division still in the dumps? I really hope it's not like that. I hope like January, yeah. you just start – Throwing this shit at the wall to see what sticks, you know what I mean? Like, new year, new me. Let's fucking do this right. Um, and I really enjoyed this match. Any, any my, thoughts my, you my had on new this year's match? resolution is that Tony Khan is going to book the women's division well?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, what do you think of this one before we jump into the uh, our next little thing?
0: That's the main thing I wrote in my notes as well. It's just that the journey that we've gone on as fans with with Sky has been pretty fucking amazing to watch. From being the chick that lost everybody on Dark and Elevation to the chick that lost everybody on Ring of Honor. And now she's a fucking we think she's going to win championships multiple times in the last like four months, you know, like because she's there. She's ready. We know she's there. And um, I like I agree with you. I think I think she's now positioned where if they put I, I don't want to see her go after the TBS title anymore unless there's nothing else for her to do. You know, what I mean, because I think she is not main event status now.
1: I think the TBS title's in a really fun spot and it's it's getting a concrete program and Sky's not needed there. Let's let I, I'm really loving Ju Juliet Abaddon.
0: I'm really oh, loving yeah, what are doing. Here. I'm glad that so, it's essentially a women's mid card is essentially being created so we could have more than one story on one show. I'm still worried that we're not going to get both titles on on shows, like because we've had that problem in the past with these two women's titles. But I mean if if Tony Khan has some balls, we will put them both on the pay per view. Agreed. Agreed
1: Video package. No Abaddon on the Cage. pre-show, damn it. Christian Cage and Adam Copeland head of their main event match. Switchblade Jay White defeats Jay Lethal. Um very back and forth. And um again, this is all about who can who can do the more heel shit, right? Um uh White, you know, Jay Jay White kept up here and he uh, had some I- let's go I think Jay,
0: Jay you suck chance.
1: The crowd was having fun with it. Jay White needed this win. He did. To to keep up with the top of the ladder, essentially, in his group. He needs this win. So very, very down with this. He um uh, he chop blocked the leg out of the lethal injection. They go for some pin attempts. White got the high stack and he got the win over trying and lethal was doing his doing his damnedest to try and kick out. So Jay White six. Uh Jay Lethal nil. So six nil. Um main event. TNT championship match. Christian Cage defeats Adam Copeland. You guys knew going into this match, there was going to be some shenanigans. And my God, Alex palowski he fucking nailed. Beat for beat what was going to happen. And it was pretty good. Uh, he, he went along the lines of kind of like 30 minutes into the show. He's like, oh man, I just know. We're ending this night with Shane Wayne and the boos are going to be immaculate by golly they were um so you know the decision for copeland to deliver the concerto to her son right in front of her two weeks ago it paid off and it cost him tonight um this was uh this was a lot of fun and first singles match these guys have had since may of 2010 on an episode of raw this is not the end of this story Adam Copeland must finish the story, and it doesn't
0: Cody. end tonight. Adam Copeland dude, this, could go back to WWE again and still finish the story before Cody. Like, Dude, these are a couple of old men, and they go out
1: there, and they have a fucking blast. Um,
0: So, I mean, I, I agree. There yeah. was some really good stuff in this match. There's some good old-fashioned Canadian violence here, bud. Um, yeah. I... This match fucked. That's the only thing I'm going to say for my notes. This match, dude. Fucked. Like,
1: I I don't know how to cover something like this because it was this wasn't like a match where I can go I can go point out. Okay, so we hit this, he hit that, it um, set up this. I, it set I, up I did that. write some of that stuff down so I can. It, I what didn't, it What it, it really did was they they knew each other like the back of their hands and they countered everything.
0: Yeah, everything they. And, and this come on, you know, this almost had everything you want in a wrestling match to offer, too. Like, there was all kinds of drama all over the place and the different ways that they can extract it. From it was the right a great main mat. event with a story that's been
1: told for fucking decades. And, you know, you care about what happens. Yep. It goes off air with another notch in the story being added. Uh-huh. And you're looking forward to what comes next. They Game of Thrones this with the cliffhanger man. Like Literally. Yeah. They Game of Thrones <laughs> did it with the betrayal too. Yeah the, the son of a bitch like he he he's more of a son of a bitch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> cracked his neck at the very end. He's oh, put yeah. a neck on the title. Fucking curb stomps his neck like dude. This is awesome. Yes. I, I loved it. I, I really loved it. And I am so glad With what they're doing with Copeland and AEW, it's it's you couldn't. I think they're more
0: because uh, I'll be honest with you. As much as I love Adam Copeland, I don't. You know, I was a little disappointed with his WWE run. Not ever really hearing like anything particularly good about it. Him getting broken off from the faction he created. I was just like, how bad is it that they have to do all that? You know what I mean? And so what he's doing here, I do believe that like brian danielson who clearly believed that he was not able to have the kind of matches in wwe anymore that he wanted to have with people because i just didn't clearly value him enough like they do in AEW. you know i mean that's that's truth at the end of the day as as much of a megastar as he was in wwe he wasn't having the match that he had on the way out against uh roman or um or whomever he there was a couple he had toward the end that were really good you know like um I will, I like how they
1: adopted his Sheamus lore and he used it right yes, away. 100%. I think that's important. Yeah. I love when wrestlers carry on shit like that because you deserve it. You deserve it when you when you carry on that lore, you fucking bring it to your next guy.
0: And and so the fact that he's able to have these kinds of matches now and tell these kinds of stories that he clearly wasn't able to do over in the WWE, it just makes me happy for him and makes me happy as a wrestling fan because like dude, you know he wanted to do that next spot.
1: That matters to him. Oh yeah these guys want to do shit like that because they know it takes it to the next level and they're only going to do it with someone they trust a hundred percent and who does he trust more than his fucking literally his brother just not by blood so
0: yeah i mean um yeah brilliant stuff and I, I they could do this feud I, I say this every now and then but this could be a six month long feud i'm in you know what i mean i'm down it, it has the legs it really does so during the show they set up a couple matches for next week um They set
1: up Moxley versus Swerve, Jay White versus Mark Briscoe, Roosh versus Jay Lethal, Hangman Adam Page versus Roderick Strong. Yeah, that's gonna fuck. Hey now. Samoa Joe. And the Von Ericks return
0: to Dallas. I hope that means that we're getting the Von Ericks on the pay-per-view or something. That would be fucking epic, you know what I mean? Because we've seen those so two. The Von Eric. What, what, what did they wrestle? Did they wrestle on the Ric Flair show? We watched them wrestle in something. Yep, and they they, and so they've, they've
1: been signed to MLW for a little bit now. Okay. And so these are Kevin's sons, Kevin Von Eric's sons, and they're Marshall and Ross Von Erick.
0: Yeah, I do remember watching and a match with them. They're pretty good. When
1: we think of the legacies that AEW's brought in, you know, like MLW for a long time, and I will give them credit. They would bring in a lot of legacy members from other families, and they would let them flourish. Um, they, I'm looking now in, in November of 2019, Marshall and Ross Von Erich defeated the dynasty, which is MJF and Richard Holiday, to become the new MLW world tag champs. Well, there you go. Like, and on July 31st, 2022, the Von Erics lost to Mark and Jay Briscoe at Ric Flair's last match. So I, that's the match I
0: remember them from. They're fucking match We've flat. seen these
1: guys and I, when I think of shit like this, it gets me, it gets me going. And I'm always thinking like. You know, FTR can do something fun with these fucking guys, awesome.
0: and it could be a blast.
1: And, there's and I'm like, there
0: it, too, you know, because they're, are they
1: bringing uh, them in just for the Iron Claw? I don't know. It could be, or because that you know, a24 has its connection in? with. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> has its connection with Warner Brothers, which has its connection with MJF because he's in the movie and this and that. Yeah, did you and see this, all that, and that footage
0: of MJF with the WWE people from the other day. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, even John Cena
1: posted about him. Like, dude, you know John Cena respects this guy. Like, you just fucking know it. Um, so yeah, I just wanted. To can you highlight imagine, that Charlie?
0: Can you imagine the promo battle those two would have?
1: Oh, it would be legendary. Let's jump into Rampage, where uh, I already glazed up the commentary show, but they started the show and they were great. Um, Orange Cassidy takes on and defeats Angelico Helico in a match to retain the AEW International Title. Ah. I, I, I got nothing, man. This this it, it could
0: have been a way better match.
1: It, it just this match wasn't. was pretty, pretty fucking whatever, and it was disappointing considering the two that we are in a little really housing cameo. Yeah, little housing cameo. That's probably the best part, right?
0: Yeah, nah, no. Nah, we had a Nard's deletion by by Dan Howes, and that was the best part. <laughs> Abaddon
1: defeats Trishadora in just over three minutes. I don't like Trishadora losing uh, that fast. I mean, I get it with the program. Um, Abaddon yeah, with the Sith Julie, Eyes, bro. Sith Eyes, um, she uh Julia Hart shows up after she beats her with the uh, Black Dahlia. She laid the title at Abaddon's feet, picked up the belt, and lights went out again. Julia Hart and the title were gone. Dude, just keep rolling with it till the pay-per-view. I'm fucking down. Yep. Video package highlighting Mercedes Martinez and Willow's match for Tomorrow Night's Collision. Hey. That was cool. Why is this not on the Ring of Honor pay-per-view? Right? That was cool. And then Takeshta and Powerhouse Hobbs defeat Matt Dan- er, Christopher Daniels and Matt uh, Seidel. Kalish joins commentary. And <sighs> I
0: don't know. I don't he think is. he added anything in commentary. I'll be honest with you. He
1: didn't. He didn't. The match was, you know, it was cool to see Takeshda and Hobbs highlighted here and just beating the crap out of people that we know. But I don't know. I just, I was at this point, I'm like, man, it's just one of those. Hopefully, this main event doesn't let me down. And thank God the main event saved the yeah, show. Yeah, I know that was always going to deliver. Come but on. But yeah, Rampage, star power, yet, you know, I wasn't vibing with it until the very end, which was beautiful. They showed the Dante Martin injury again, and uh, they accepted the match for the Trios match, which I'm sure is next week, which will be fucking awesome. And yeah, that was it for Rampage. And let's jump into AEW Collision and where we
0: uh, already talked about the beginning of the show, eh? 100%. So, eh. Button, I guess you're up, Canada. Bud, eh, Collision 25, bud. Eh. 25 episodes of Collision now, and CM Punk's already back in WWE. <sighs> all right. Um. We had uh, Kenny Omega, Ethan Page, Brian uh, Brian Andrade. Sorry, we had Kenny, Ethan, Brian Andrade, Claudio, and Eddie, all in the cold open here. Uh, pretty quick stuff. They didn't really have much to say individually because there was a lot of them. So. Um, and they didn't want to like take 10 minutes at the start of the show to do all that stuff, which is understandable. I already talked yeah. about how much I liked Eddie versus Claudio. Uh, we had a, uh, great promo from John Moxley backstage. You know, he's been cutting pretty good promos throughout this entire tournament, I would say. Um, and now that he's, uh, you know, got his eyes locked on Swerve, you know, he's just calling out Swerve. He's been like, but do you really have what it takes to fight me? Cause like, I, I saw what you did against Hangman, but you know, you saw what I did against Hangman. So it's like, you know, like, you know, what the fuck? what's gonna happen you know basically he's saying if you don't show up and try and kill me then you're gonna die it's basically what john moxley was saying um i can vibe with that yeah which i mean that's fair i mean i john moxley could probably kill all of us let's be honest um i wouldn't be surprised he might be if john moxley was like secretly like some fucking like special operations soldier and we just didn't know and like he just never told anybody i wouldn't be surprised you know it wouldn't shock me you know you know, been been like taking out fucking secretly targets for the government for like 20 years or something, you know, Just on the side, also a wrestler, you know, no, I don't know why I'm saying that, but yeah,
1: would it, would it, shock, <laughs> would it
0: really shock you though? Let's be honest, you know, I, Hey
1: man, if you, if you wrote a book about it, I'm in,
0: you know what? Maybe I will. It'll be called Moth. <laughs> oh wait, shit. All right. That book's already out there anyway. Um, but you yeah, know, uh, we had a uh, hook back up uh, bleh, we had hook backstage being interviewed and uh, he was interrupted by. Uh, a man named Wheeler Yuta who was holding his peer championship, and he was like, I could beat you in any kind of match. I could even beat you under FTW rules. And Hook was like, Bet. Literally. Yeah, I think he said bet. Um, so that match will be made. Say less. Yeah, it should be a good match, I should think. Um, Hook hasn't really been used a lot lately, so I'm, I'm in. Uh, we had Will and Idaho take on Mercedes Martinez. I do like that they reference the history here. Because like I said earlier, that was one of the best matches in that run of Ring of Honor Women's matches that we've had for a while. And it's really what kicked it off, honestly. Um you could argue that De- deanna Diana Perrazzo versus her at the last final battle before Ring of Honor was canceled and then re rebrand you know rebranded. Uh that was also a part of it, but uh, it was kind of a different Ring of Honor, to be honest. So um but it's still obviously a part of the history, so whatever. Um let me see, what do we have here? Um i wish we had really gotten to this match a lot sooner after that but obviously mercedes i think was injured for a while so obviously that wasn't really something you could do um so whatever um we had the diamante factor present here so um willow nightingale ended up having to sneak one away from mercedes here um after they did like a brutal splot that was like a just absolutely nasty looking slam um and then there was a ladder and then a lead pipe assault afterward, which then Statlander made the save. So I mean I guess maybe they're setting up a tag match here for something, maybe for the pay-per-view, maybe for before the pay-per-view. Maybe this is gonna be a fatal four-way for Chris's title. No idea. Um but uh that's the big big takeaway here is that Statlander is still uh saving people like Willow, even though I think I think the amount that she puts herself on the line for other people maybe is gonna be what costs her this title. Um And that could be a cool story, potentially. It's definitely different than what Cassidy did, at least, if they want to try and do that. So, um, Excuse me. We had Daddy Magic, Cool Hand, and Jake Hager backstage. Uh, Jake Hager's having a bad case of bad hat fever, so he had to exit the promo promo almost immediately. Um, And then uh, we got some decent stuff here from Daddy Magic and uh, Cool Hand, and then uh, more Ruby stuff. So, And Soraya comes in and is pissed about everything, and, now Ruby's being forced to stay with Anna. So I guess is Anna like a new, is Anna part of the outcast at this point, I guess, technically like I, it's the vibe I'm getting that they're kind of going with. I mean, I'm fine with that. She could fit into that group just fine. I just, you know, and maybe if they're going to boot Ruby and have them run as a tag, Soraya and Anna, that could work probably. I'm sure Anna could benefit from being with a veteran like Soraya, you know? Um, definitely. So I, that's not a bad idea, honestly. And if they want to keep all three of them together as a group, that's probably not a bad idea either. Um, so we had our swerve response, basically saying, yeah, I can step up, I can be nasty, I'm just like you, I was kill shot, you know? Like, I can do that shit when it matters, you know? And I'm like, yeah, he totally can, just watch Dante Fox, I glazed this match, go watch Dante Fox versus him, Hell of War. It was insane. Alright. Um... Wardlow took on Willie Mack, and uh, I gotta say, every time they do this match between Wardlow and Willie Mack, I think they're finally gonna fucking pull the trigger, Charlie, and they never fucking do. The match these nope. two could have would be fucking insane, and they just don't believe in Willie Mack, and I don't understand why. He literally power banned Willie out of his fucking trunks. I mean, literally. So sick, yeah.
1: <sighs> now, uh, Willie is one of those guys where I feel like if they wanted to, they could, and he could be a fucking sign him we talk about- triple
0: h sign him no say fucked up say fuck aw do what you did with jake cargill and other people when that guy's contract comes up sign willie mack do it because they're not going to do anything with him in AW, So you might as well and you could be a star that guy put that guy in nxt right now he's a fucking mega star. yeah <sighs> anyway kenny omega took on uh, ethan page um oh by the way something i noted from that wardlow match wardlow was the last guy to beat mjf pretty
1: fucking cool that's that's pretty nuts damn okay damn yeah i mean he, he drew with adam so yeah
0: um, anyway um that's true kenny omega took on ethan page some candidate some more canadian violence here bud uh tony nece was watching on i don't think that was necessary at all to be honest with you i know he technically involved himself in this match by hurting him right before he was having it but i don't i didn't need to see tony Nice here i'll be completely i know he's feuding with him going into the pay-per-view and it's this week but I, for some continuity, I, I, I'm okay ah, with whatever. it. Whatever, I, I didn't yeah, need it. I didn't need it here. Whatever, um, he did a really nice cutter out of nowhere uh, on Kenny at one point after he'd been thrown out of the ring at one point. That suplex over the top rope spot just looks not fun, but it looks awesome on TV when it just randomly happens. Like it's not randomly happening when they set that spot up. Uh, the craziest one I think I've ever seen was the one that uh, I think it was Dax and Jay Briscoe hit on the, their in their fucking dog collar match. Remember that one? That one was fucking insane yeah um anyway um this was as good as you'd think it would be basically it was a really really good match kenny can pretty much deliver with anybody on the planet uh including a fucking sex doll so you know um not even a joke you know what i mean like there there was a v trigger in this match
1: that just i audibly fucking screeched (laughs) like even setting up one of his rope like fucking i think it's like a rope ddt spot where he kind of lunges out and you know, if fucking Kenny just clocks him, and I would, ah. Yeah,
0: I, I, Ethan was selling his I'm, ass off in this match, but it's fucking. I might have,
1: the neighbor's dog might have started barking, like, dude, I, I fucking,
0: I screeched. you've missed it. No, anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, Ethan Page, Kenny Omega, it's in Canada. It's a big time match. Ethan Page Whoa. delivers. You know, he's going to. And then, uh, you know, he doesn't pick up the win, but, uh, you know kenny's kind of in fucking limbo right now because his tag team partner is obviously not available um so great stuff uh no i mean kenny should be wrestling more honestly if they're gonna have kenny just random wrestle random give him some more singles matches kenny wrestling singles matches is good for aw television honestly so throw him on a collision or something i don't know i mean fucking great throw him on another collision i don't know uh lexi interviewed cj perry backstage And Miro made his intentions known, which I'd suggested this is probably going to be the case when they first brought this up, which is that as soon as Andrade is done with this tournament, he's a fucking dead man. And that's a great story for them to go straight into. So that kind of tips the hand. I don't think Andrade is winning now because if he wins the title, I mean, Miro would actually be a pretty solidly good first contender for the Triple Crown, I guess. But I I just don't think that's the case. I think this kind of, you know, suggests that he's not going to win the tournament, which there's a little bit, I mean, I don't think Andrade, I didn't think Andrade was winning anyway, but knowing that makes me go, a little bit for him, because he's really good, but, uh, whatever, you know, whoever wins this thing is gonna be, like, a fucking legend, so it doesn't really matter. We actually had a really cool video, uh, package here, I don't think like, I called it a video, but, uh, Abaddon and Julia, where you had Julia, like, kind of doing her House of Black style promo, but every now and then you'd get, like, a flash-in cut of Abaddon doing some, like, creepy shit, and she'd be like, Julia! It was pretty fucking cool, so, Um, it's literally like the battle of the dark sorceresses. It's fucking crazy. You know, like, um, I'm really, I'm really, that's going to be fun for the, the editing team to put together. I think, especially the video package to end up making for that match. It's going to be insane. So it should be really fun. And, uh, I'm guessing this is their tune up for the match uh, in trios against, um, the top flight, which we're getting next week because commander and Penta El Zero Miedo took on daddy magic and cool hand here in Canada, bro. This was a miss. I got to be honest with you. I, I know they're going into a big match with them and trios, but maybe you should have had somebody else in this spot. You, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand should not have been losing here, bro. The crowd did not like that one bit. I, 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 maybe I just read it differently than everybody else, but I, the crowd went fucking silent after they lost because they were vibing with them the whole match. Hometown, I mean, dude, the pop they got was nuts. They were chanting Daddy Magic in French. I mean, like, dude, I know that these guys can't lose before they go into that match with those guys, but maybe you don't put them in this spot against these guys then. That's, I don't Crab know how. Crab wasn't
1: vibing. Yeah, I mean, they were sad. They were sad. So. Crab
0: was not happy about that. Um, this is, we we got our Shane Taylor and Keith Lee sit down here with Nigel McGuinness. Great stuff. Nigel McGuinness should do the video package voiceover for this as well, like you said. Um, because it deserves that much, and it's uh, I think his kind of feud, so I'm definitely think that's a definitely a good idea. Like you mentioned earlier, it had some really great stuff in it. Uh, where um, Shane obviously called out the past, and Keith Lee basically said he was gonna punch his teeth down his throat essentially because some of the stuff fucking Shane Taylor said, said, uh, you should have let that fucking disease killer virus kill you or some shit like that. Because didn't Keith Lee have COVID at one point? Like, fuck, you know what I mean? Like. That that's some deep-cutting shit right there. It made Keith go, excuse me? You know, like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's some good shit, you know what I mean? Um, we had a Continental Classic video package as well. And then we had a main event match that we're definitely going to spend, I think, a little bit of time on. Brian Danielson took on Andrade El Idolo. Um, I actually got this match a little bit spoiled for me, like, a week ago. Um, or maybe not a week ago, several days ago, when, when this was taped. People started freaking out because they thought Brian was actually injured. And so I started to look into it, because you know I have to, because if he was actually hurt, that would be news, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, of course, it was just a fucking angle. And yep. <laughs> so going into this match, I had fucking no idea, or I already knew what was going to happen, basically. So it kind of, as much as I vibe with the three matches he yeah, had this week, I knew exactly the story they were telling, and that was fine. You can know that in wrestling, but it did take a little bit of the gas out of this match for me. I won't even lie, you know? Because um, I knew where it was going. Um... So I am I actually am really glad that Andrade picked up the win here because obviously Brian has a lot of momentum in this tournament at this point. So he probably did need to be slowed down at some point for the late, you know, so he doesn't just beat everybody, you know. Um. So there was um, Andrade wrestling a little bit of a heelish style here. And obviously they had the smooth, you know, chain wrestling start because Andrade is a part of that group of people that have those really good. And this run that he's been on of matches that got him into this tournament is like where I've started to notice this a lot more. Uh, if you need proof of that, go back. I believe he had a match with Jay White where they had an opening sequence that was one of the best chain wrestling sequences from not Brian Danielson that I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like, um, so that should tell you a lot right there. If you know anything about Brian, um, and they also had to they wrestled it at a fucking tiring pace, bro. Andrade was going full speed, and so was Brian. It's gotta be so sad, fucking tiring to wrestle against Brian Danielson, dude. Dude <laughs> just never stops, like. Oh, and he was suspiciously attacking that orbital bone, which, by the way, I, we forgot to mention this. Now. Daniel Garcia was also doing that. So, that was part of the setup in the middle section. It was that it was weakened going into this match. Um, Andrade then ripped off, at one point, the uh, the eye patch. And, uh, God damn, Brian's right, right. I understand why he was wearing the eye patch. That motherfucker's side of his face right now looks pretty fucked, you know? Um, yeah. And, I. I It did start to look like it was swelling up a little bit, so I don't know what that means. I don't know if he just needed to leave the thing on, and that's why it started doing that, maybe. I have no idea what the deal is there, but whatever the case, dude looked fucked up at the end. I'll tell you that much. Um, But my understanding is that this is an angle. Uh, So unless something else comes out, and they're like, nope, Brian's hurt again. I'm pretty sure this is an angle. I am a little concerned, because he's going to have to wrestle this week, right? So... How's that going to work? Are they going to play it like he was just, you know, left laying at the end of the match and he's fine because they need to address it. And I don't think they can pull him out of the tournament. I don't really know what the plan is, but again, I'm interested to see where it goes. Let me know your thoughts on this match. Charlie thought the match was a hell of a lot of fun.
1: These are two guys that I've, I've always just been, I, I, I just, I love them so much as workers in the ring, you know? So, I was very excited to see that they did indeed deliver, and I believe I saw what you were talking about this week. Um, thankfully, I didn't know the result of what happened. I just saw like images of Danielson getting
0: taped up or something like that. So I was thinking, uh, yeah. Well, in I, you know, my head, injury angle implies you lost the match. You know, unless yeah, they, I usually, mean, you could yeah. do it the other way, but in my head, that just is what I would. That's the logic. No, but it
1: makes say. sense for Andrade to get this win. Now they're both
0: tied at six points, so. Yeah, really good stuff there, and the blue um, league's looking a lot tighter than the gold league. Like you got two people in the gold league with nine points right now, but the blue league is, for all intents and purposes, still pretty open. Yeah, it is. It is.
1: So, yeah, really good stuff here today, and uh, I thought we ended. Uh, I thought we ended our wrestling week on a on a high note here with uh, collision. So, yeah. That being said, if you guys stuck around for this entire show, thank you very much. Um, I, I wonder, you guys people have been kind of vibing with the Wednesday uploads. It looks like. So we're uploading this Wednesday, um, early afternoon, late morning, wherever it is for you. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and AEW is about to start in like the next hour or whatever, I uh, hope it's a good show tonight. Winter is coming. It's probably going to be a blast. So Winter is coming. Um, thanks again. if you are interested at eat, sleep, elite, um, twitch.tv backslash the Duke of Derp, so We can catch Duke here streaming. And, um, Yeah, thank you guys very much for hanging around. We will catch you guys on the flip side.